to the Ace Podcast, where we talk all things art, culture, and entertainment, but more specifically pop culture entertainment. I'm your host, Will the Greatest. With me, I have my regular co-host, Aaron. What's good, bro? Oh, man, what's good? I am doing great. Uh, I just got off work out here. I'm doing the pod with you. May hit the gym after this. Oh. Uh, I got some poetry stuff going. I've gotten to work. So, yeah, man, things are good. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. About the same. Pretty much almost down to the same routine. Yeah, I got off work. <laughs> made dinner real quick um yeah i might work out after we record just wind down and everything for uh for friday so yeah yeah things are things are chill things are pretty pretty all right so be a probably laid back weekend i'll probably try and see turtles and try and see talk to me uh oh um this is just a minor like plug my boy in uh, his band, Ephraim Snow, I think, is dropping their EP on the 6th. So Ooh. that's exciting. So I'll add a, a link probably in the, the show notes and everything for people. If you want to pre-order that, pre-save it. I pre-saved it. Um, you know, support them. Indie rock music. Yeah, good stuff. But um, yeah, man. Uh, how you been? It's been, uh, been about <laughs> Yeah, I just got back from a family reunion. It was uh, okay. in Florida. It was hot as hell. Uh, I'll bet it was. It was nice seeing some family. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, you know what? When family reunions or vacation in general are hard, when you ball around a budget, <laughs> when you're trying to like count your pennies as you're trying to vacation with everybody else, like, yeah, we're going to do the excursions. One, yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was cool. I, I made it. I made it back. We uh, We're back in the full swing of life, thriving and surviving. But uh, I, I know you went on a little vacation yourself recently, didn't you? I did spend a, a little under a week in Mexico. Uh, that was really fun. First time out of the country in about 10 years, um, almost to the month. Um, no, it was really good. I went with my partner. We had a fun time. Um, I lost some shoes in the process, Ooh. though. I don't know if you saw my story. I didn't um, see that one. No, I didn't know you lost shoes. Oh, I was swimming in an underground cenote. Luckily, there were only water shoes. They're old as shit anyways. Like, I had barely worn them in years. But uh, they had lasted me most of the vacation. I was swimming in an underground cenote. And as I was swimming, they started, like, two straps had broken as we were walking, like, this 40-minute. So it's, like, underground rivers and shit. So a couple straps had broken already um, against a bunch of slippery rocks. Luckily, I didn't get injured or anything. Then I was swimming in a, in a shorter per- portion and the soles uh, of it started to peel off. And so by the time I was swimming through a waterfall, um, the soles had peeled off almost completely. And so when I got out, they were like flopping against my feet. And Man. so I just, I peeled them off. I carried them with me. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of like wild different stories. We were on a boat party a hip-hop boat party so i jumped off the top of a boat there's a cool video of that um saw a bunch of like iguanas on this little distant island isla mujeres um so that was cool so we we had fun it was all inclusive it was nice you know the we stayed at the rio palace of kukulkan Kukulkan. (laughs) and that's what it was it was like the kukulkan um so that's the name of the, the hotel it's a really good place but no it was fun cancun was fun and then last weekend was raleigh galaxy con um which mm. will have a light tie-in to a topic we'll get to in a little bit 
about Stephen Amell, funny enough. And I think it happened while I was there and I had no idea because I wasn't at that panel. Um, But no, GalaxyCon was good. Uh, Got to, you know, finally meet Yuri Lowenthal. Super duper nice guy. Super sweet. Um, Very polite for a couple minutes. I got to talk to him. Got an autograph. Got a photo. I met Najee Jeter, who plays Miles Morales. I met Shamik Moore, who also plays Miles Morales. A lot of short kings uh, in the voice acting industry. They were all like around my height. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, like okay. if you look at my that photos that I posted, if you look at my photos that I posted, they're all about eye level with me. <laughs> right, right, right. I never would have known, but uh, no, Najee was really cool. Took a video of me, posted on his page. Um, so that's cool. Along with a bunch that. of other people that met him. Shamik was cool for like the, the second or so. I told him I loved him in Dope. He did a Q&A that was really nice. I hung out with a bunch of other spider people. I was dressed as Miles. So it was all overall pretty good. Um, you you and Samik met each other? That's what I was wondering. I wanted to ask, but didn't get a chance to. Because right. their booths were, I mean, you know, it's all one area in a convention center. So it's within walking distance. But, like, you could make a beeline from Najee's booth to Shamik. So I was really wondering, like they were separated from arenas, uh, like Shamik's booth was next to Paula Abdul's, who was also there. Paula Abdul's there? What the hell? Yeah. Okay. GalaxyCon has the most like random assortment of celebrities I've ever seen. So Paula Abdul was there and I saw Paula Abdul and Paula Abdul is super duper tiny. Like, oh my God, I never knew this. TV adds like several inches, has to. She walked past me with like her one security person. I guess nobody oh, wow. was trying to kidnap pa- Paula Abdul, which is good, <laughs> but you know, but like, right. she like, well, I saw this little head walk by and this like six foot tall dude. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, that's Paula Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm waiting in line for, for Shamik. I'm just like, <laughs> and then Shamik stepped out from behind the booth. I'm like, oh shit, he like me. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like me. That's crazy. Yeah, but, but no, it, it was fun. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely like, might have blown my muscles out a little bit because. <laughs> Uh, the day after, and this will be the the main focus of later on in the show. I pulled the Barbenheimer with with uh, one of my friends from high school. It was about six hours of my day. Just, um, I woke up that morning and I felt like six people jumped me in my sleep. Damn. Um, I don't know what. Maybe because I didn't stop to sit down that much during Galaxy. And I did a shit ton of walking when I was in Mexico and swimming. I did a bunch of walking and swimming while I was there. Um, burn off all those tacos and margaritas and shit. But <laughs> goddamn, like get Galaxy hit. I walked like the whole day. I didn't get home till like 3.30 and I had to be up at like 9 for Barbenheimer. I felt like I got my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm like, I'm like oh. hands. <laughs> yeah, like my legs hurt, my back hurt, my arms hurt. I don't know if it was the spandex or what, but man, I felt, I felt, ooh, I felt rough. But yeah, it was fun. Six. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, should we hop right into it with the lighter topics? Yeah, yeah. Our, let's, let's start light before we get into the to the meat of it. Yeah, so, and, and I wanted to wait on this one. I know we didn't give any preliminary thoughts. Uh, so, I guess the best way to describe it, Secret Invasion came and went. Yep. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, 
it, it started and it ended. Um, I really don't have much to say that hasn't been said by literally everybody else, even the people that liked Secret Invasion. I just... It has the same issue that The Flash has, where it just doesn't do enough with the concept that it's given. Um, It has good actors, but with where it starts and where it ends, I don't feel like there was any real progression either for the characters much, the character of Nick Fury, or like the greater MCU arc that this multiverse saga is. I I don't feel like it goes really much of anywhere. It doesn't utilize its concept well, and I think that no, not a, not at all. It, sadly, because it's, they marketed it as a thriller, right? As like a paranoid thriller, yeah, like a spy you thriller. Really like didn't a... get any of that outside of like the first, maybe a little in the second episode, and the rest of the show doesn't care anything about that. Yeah, like the the cinematography is grayer because it's mostly in like England and Russia, so that's just part of the environment, but. I was never really on my edge. Uh, I guess full spoilers for Secret Invasion. Shout out to Nando V Movies for calling the roadie thing like six years ago. Right. Um, yeah. So was... good. Good for good for him. But even that they didn't they didn't utilize well. Not really. It felt underwhelming. They haven't confirmed when it happened. I'm hoping. I think the director came out and said he he was he believed in the Civil War when he got switched. So I think I saw the the full statement of that is they're kind of leaving it up in the air where it's like, I think it was Civil War, but it hasn't like confirmed that it was Civil War. I'm hoping it's after Endgame. Something about Rhodey not being there for his friend's death does kind of rub me the wrong way. I, I As bad as it sounds, and this is maybe the entitled fan part of me versus the artistic part. But like, I feel like it takes away from that movie retroactively because like the, it's such a conclusive film for a lot of narrative beats and i think to be like oh he didn't even get to see his friend die so it feels like an artificial way to pull more narrative out of roadie for armor wars uh it's weird because he he's such like a in end game he plays like a a significant part he's like part of the team you know yeah like he's part of the core team that gets the the stones so i i think it's also end game because he still had the leg braces in Endgame, but then he could walk in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. So I think it's I think it's between those. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping they don't make it Civil War, but Maybe other than that, point. yeah. But yeah, that, that'd be like what six Civil War was twenty six in movie canon time. It was like twenty sixteen, and right. then by now it's twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. No, I think it's twenty twenty six probably in universe because because uh, i keep saying, harping that like he's been in space for years ever since the snap oh, yeah. it's been years since he's been back which yeah, i feel yeah. like more than two would probably make more sense for that statement to to feel like yeah earth. yeah because he he was oh no the scrolls were down on earth during far from home and that was post end game um yeah also, I, I don't really know they kept saying that, like, oh, you've changed so much, Nick. Like, you're not the same Nick you used to be. I'm like, you seem like the same guy to me. You know, yeah, like, he just, he's a little bit more paranoid and aggressive, but not by much. He's got a beard now. That's pretty much it. He really does. Yeah, beard, doesn't wear his eye patch. Um, I like his wife for what she's told to do, but yeah, I think it didn't the, add much, really. The thing about it is that the plot is so 
underwhelming, but the performances are so good, which is you yeah, know the acting's really like Kingsley Benadir, who we're also gonna like slightly touch on later in Barbie. He's like his monologue at the end. He was really good. Uh, Nick Sam's interactions with all of his co-stars were really good. Like Sam Jack doesn't get enough credit. He is a very talented actor, even though he gets pigeonholed into a lot of roles. He does have range. Like right. he do, like you don't always see it if you watch most of the mainstream stuff. He's a very he's a talented ranged actor, and it can show up because like the difference in how he portrays Nick between his relationship with Rhodey versus his wife versus uh, Gravik versus Talos, you know there are differences. Like you know Talos, it's a little bit more buddy cop. He's a little bit more of an empathetic spouse with his wife, but he, but he still has like that grit to him in, in each one. So it's like the act, honestly, I think the weakest actor, and I think it's more because she didn't have as much to do was Gaia. Yeah, she's pretty, which that, but not, I mean, she was okay, but like, it's crazy that they gave the character that had like the least as far as characterization, the most person. <laughs> Now in the MCU, I'm like, you have now created a problem that now you have to fix. Right. You need because to just made a walking planet buster walk around. Like, Carol and Monica, like, the Mar that's another thing that's, um, I hate to say this, because I am very excited to see the Marvels. It looks like a very fun movie. I'm, I'm expecting to be, like, lighthearted, fun, good old time. I like Nia DaCosta. I like the cast. Uh, putting the Marvel's trailer in the midst of Secret Invasion's release kind of fucks up Secret Invasion stakes because the first thing you see is Nick on the sword ship. So you know whether he's a scroll or not, Fury is still out there in some capacity. Well, yeah, that the first trailer was out, like, I think last year sometime. But I think that... Yeah, in order for them not to fuck up their own stakes, they shouldn't this put out year, any trailers I, for that movie until it's over. As, as bad as that sounds to say, be and uh, and again, I would have. I know me. I probably would have been one of the people that bitch a little bit, be like, "Where is the Marvels trailer? Where is the Marvels trailer?" Um, but you should have waited, yeah, because then you kind of undercut the stakes of the show. And so by the, in the middle of the show, you know, yeah, you know, it's a series. So, you know, they probably won't. Also, another thing, Maria Hill kind of died for nothing. Maria um, Hill died for nothing. Talos kind of died for nothing. Both very yeah. deaths. Uh, the president's, the, the writing for the president that last episode was a stupid, stupid mistake. I'm sorry. The whole episode. I'm so sorry to this writing team. Because a, a lot of people like, don't like the finale. People are calling Secret Invasion Marvel's worst show. I'm just like, you didn't watch Inhumans with me, bro. You weren't in the trenches. So don't the give me that. MCU's worst like, show. <laughs> I, I'll give it. It's probably their weakest. Um, uh, yeah, I would say. I was going to say. It's probably below, guy, it's what but... a, below What If for me. Because I think What you If. You didn't like What probably... If that much? No, I. I like I wanted What I wanted What If to be more like Star Wars Visions. Okay. Okay. Um, I still need to watch Star Wars Visions, at least season two, anyway. But great, I need to finish season two. But season one is great. Um, at at the minimum, it's extremely creative. Like that, like that African show they have now too, that anthology series. That's what mm -hmm. I wanted. What if to be, and the way they went about it is a little more. I don't think it's bad. It's just a little flatter in some places. Um, they, 
the episodes are a little too short in my opinion i don't think they you like don't get me wrong animation is hard but i we'll feel like they don't the animation for like visions and the other ones yeah I think I it's like i wish they switched up the style um i really did need it to be an overarching narrative i didn't um you know i mean how it shook out it gave us like that cool ass ultron infinity ultron i like that but it, it, it wasn't necessary but it's like yeah i think of the shows that's probably great great cast that they got them all back but the weakest use of the medium so i put oh god how many shows do we have like loki's pretty good hawkeye is fun i like miss marvel a lot even though it does have some issues uh falcon and winter soldier again mo- like 80 percent pretty good uh so i probably have to put what if at the bottom and i'd probably put secret invasion at yeah i probably put secret invasion at the bottom of the mcu shows i'd put it at oh the- no she hulk uh oh she hulk's at the bottom for you i like she hulk i feel like no 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 i i put secret invasion below she hulk i forgot she hulk oh definitely no i think i put secret invasion um, below it's at the bottom for me i think i think uh oh there's moon knight no i like moon the bottom knight. i like part of she hulk I like most of them. I think Secret Invasion and Hawkeye were the really ones I only didn't care for that much. All the other ones I liked. Yeah. And it, um, it didn't have enough time. And I don't, I think, here's the, I don't think, I don't think Marvel had the reason. It, it's it's going to be a lose-lose either way. Secret Invasion, conceptually, probably should have been a movie because you need the budget to have those twists be more impactful yeah also you need to have but, more a narrative that's that actually uses its premise well like use that paradigm right what are the effects because yeah we're not watching, it, it should it should be yeah we're not watching the mcu ahead. show to see this the political state of the world we're watching the mcu show to see how something like aliens would affect the characters that we already know in their dynamics that's what makes it interesting. yeah that's what makes us invested if you put this premise in the middle of a bunch of characters we don't know it gives us no reason to care because why should we care about all these characters that you're introducing in a in an environment that's so geopolitical mm-hmm. and and spy heavy that we yeah. have no investment in this. The whole the whole yeah. purpose of the secret invasion is to say that the things you think you know are not actually what you know. And the people you think you know Bingo. are not actually who they are. And granted, right. we run into problems like the Rhodey thing, right? Like, let's say Rhodey has been not Rhodey since Civil War. Then, right. granted, in the comics, I'm sure something like that would have played well because it wasn't jessica drew in the comics jessica like not jessica drew for years and like there's like a bunch of events she yeah. was not actually her so like mm-hmm. it, it, i feel like if you utilize the concept well if you justify it within your narrative then you can play it out and, and be like damn like th- that sucks but like they they really flesh that out they just did that for for the sake of doing it rather than having yeah. it mean something which I think Secret Invasion, cheap. Secret Invasion should have been like a, a paranoia in like a, it should have been thematically a psychological spy thriller. I think it's not a spinoff it, show. It's a it's an event. Yeah, and and so here here's the caveat: had it been a movie, they would have had the budget to get more actors in. So you could have had maybe Anthony Mackie 
maybe a if you want to be ballsy a t'challa different avenger like bruce you could include netflix people you could do like net uh luke cage Je- jessica jones like you said um or you said jessica drew but it's like jessica jones could be one it's like you could do weird unexpected shit that would really get people in there you know you could be like oh shit you know this daredevil might not be the old daredevil like you don't know who to trust right. so you could do you know it's like you could do nick it, it, it could be like globe trotting uh and i it, yeah but the caveat is you have to sacrifice um the because it should be a longer narrative to make you as a watcher paranoid i'm not saying that's hard to accomplish in a film because movies do it like invasion of the body snatchers you got movies doing that all the time but um you would sacrifice that length of investment okay let me just pitch this and the thing is a better paranoid thriller right let's say that one of the avengers we know finds out something about the state of what's actually going on with the world that avenger tries to get information to the other avengers gets murdered the world and the avengers are shocked by that avengers murder and try to figure out what's going on and in the midst of that discover okay scrolls and then realize that they've been invaded themselves that really like creates that. paranoia amongst the people we already know while uncovering yeah how deep does this actually go so it should be more like the thing sure i haven't seen the thing i mean i'm no i'm just, it's a great movie but it's like it's, so it's it's a bunch of explorers in the arctic an alien shapeshifter invades they can masquerade as people and so little by little they get picked off and have to figure out who's the alien and stop it yeah i mean grant yeah granted you have to be ballsy and be willing to kill some that, avengers in that scenario but i think that yeah and and that's the i mean it's gonna sound bad but if you want to do it and pass the torch especially with what's going on recently with this health hawkeye. kill hawkeye i was gonna say hawkeye too you gotta kill jeremy that that would actually be a bit of a hit especially after he just had his show where it's like oh he gets this happy ending things like that and he was a spy for shield um but and you know and and we just got news recently that he's walking without a cane i'm so happy that jeremy renner's making an improved recovery um i could give two shits whether he comes back to film i just want to make sure the actor is okay mm-hmm. like you know i just want people to be safe and all right so I'm I'm glad that he's making a, a positive recovery. Same for Jamie Foxx, by the way. We're yeah. getting to that. Yeah. But um, but no um, the and that would be Secret Invasion could kind of be your tentpole event from the transition of the the old MCU, the Infinity Saga, to the Multiverse Saga, where the only ones that'd be less of the old five that are active would be Bruce. Yeah, and then you can do Bruce's movie World War Hulk. She hold all that other shit, but yeah, like that's like he lost his love. One of his friends is dead. Another one, God knows where he is. He's either on the moon or some shit. And the only one he, he could have some possible contact with is like Hawkeye, who was there with him during the the Battle of New York. And it's like you could you could do like if it's Fury, Banner, and Clint that could actually be a pretty interesting narrative and then you fold in the other people especially because like bruce and clint have kind of been in the background of a lot of things Mm -hmm. like that's that's i think should have been your your team 
Because, like, Clint has a relationship with Fury. Now, granted, again, this isn't an ideal world where Jeremy Renner didn't have the terrible accident that he had. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think that as a movie would have held a little more power. And then you go into the Marvels as a palate cleanser once everything's okay. You know, and, and you can introduce, you know, imagine Clint finding out Fury has a wife and shit like that. Like, you could have made this a... a anxiety-inducing psychological beat about two, you know, if it's just Clint, let's say it's Clinton Fury and Talos, two humans and an alien trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the world. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that, but this series, it just, and I hate it because it does have really good actors, uh, which I think the only, who's, um, who plays Daenerys again? What's her name? Oh, um, Amelia, Amelia Clark. Yeah. It's a shame that, like, I'm glad Amelia Clark had a positive experience with Marvel. Um, allegedly, that that's what she said in interviews. I, I just hate that they didn't give her much to do. I'm disappointed that, like, this is, the I think, the first time I was watching a show in her final battle with Gravik where I'm like, oh, big CGI CGI fight. Yeah. And then the, that makes like, sense because he has extremists, mm-hmm. so she'd be able to heal anyway. So he's kind of like, I guess he's dead. Like the power of whatever the fuck Captain Marvel's The power of Marvel. Extremists. Yeah, so it's like, what? And there's an easy write around for it. And there's an easy way to write themselves. It's easy. It's dumb, but it's easy. Where it's like, oh, the powers that they collect as Super Scrolls haven't been like, they haven't fully figured out the science. So it actually has a temporary effect. So it can only last like a certain amount of time. or, Or it could be like, you can only use like four at a time and set up clerk the actual Super Scroll later, where they like improve the tech or something, but he can't transform. I wonder why they didn't put her. him in the show. Which I'm fascinated. Because they're probably for Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, just... Is there much else to, to say about it? It's it's good actors, but, but poor writing, which is a, a shame because it's the first two episodes I think were legitimately interesting. It's just also, uh, Shout out to Kobe Smulders just getting checks right. for not appearing in episodes right after she died. Right. Did you keep seeing her name in the it's special, like special oh, guest? I'm uh, like, no, she wasn't. Special guest Kobe Smulders. I'm like, where the hell did she appear in the episode? Right. <laughs> Was she in the recap? Like, I don't, I didn't see her in the flashback, right. nothing. And I thought they were gonna. I'm surprised they doubled down on it. I thought they were gonna. Uh, retcon that and be like oh it was a scroll as maria but then you get to the end i'm like oh she died for nothing oh yeah <laughs> fury got his beautiful scroll queen and went to the stars again like he started and i guess it was supposed to be like a mirroring thing i'm just like yeah. you know some a small thing that bothered me i guess is more of a nitpick why were the scrolls always in human form even when they were alone talking to each other that shit didn't make sense to me uh, the budget is why. <laughs> I know the external reason, but in story, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe. And you would think, huh? I said, doesn't that take like a lot of energy or like something for you to be able to maintain that form? Also, don't you think there should be a way where scrolls can tell who's a scroll? Uh, to be fair, in the thing, the only way you can tell is, um, they have to light the blood on fire. Oh. So the the difference is like the scrolls bleed purple. But again, it's, I don't think it's not only not having, that they didn't have a tell. Because like in the thing, there's a tell. Now you have to bleed 
and they test her blood they throw a match and if it like and then it's like oh shit then then you're the alien um but they didn't have anything like that for the scrolls other than the fact that they bleed purple yeah so I, I i do think i do agree with you there should have been a mechanism introduced for that and then just what the president does god no damn so it. dumb oh my god that was that was legitimately bad um where it's just like you know if you're an alien we're gonna find you and you're you're dead meat pal i'm like and then fear god was like you know that's that's a one-term behavior there brother and it's like yes we know Harrison Ford is going to be President Ross, which well, that's sad crazy. that we know He's that. Be president in the next one, that's right. I forgot. But, <laughs> but like, that was just bad. Here's the thing: if you have, uh, and they show the problem is they show the ramifications of it in the series and why it was dumb. So I, I'm I'm hoping they have an interesting payoff. But it's like, oh, the aliens that can shape shift are gonna shape shift to look like anybody and the aliens that shapeshifted to get into world political power will probably just do it again become the president and say i'll walk that shit back like you don't think this won't have ramifications on how and because they didn't introduce a way to tell that they're scrolls other than killing them or chopping off their limbs you, you wrote yourself into a corner in a silly they way did and just made the the president basically ir an irredeemable xenophobe also he said aliens not scrolls it's different if he said scrolls he said oh, aliens. aliens so bitch and you know what that includes the fucking asgardians yep well, I and i didn't think just, about that till i was to the review it's like america and asgardians are in fucking norway so i don't think this is a global thing this is all, all in america isn't New Asgard in like Jersey? No, in the comics, but in the movies they're in Norway. Oh no, no, it's in, it's in. Is it? Yeah, because they 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 say it in in the movie because they have to take like a. I thought it was plane. in the. I thought it was in like Kentucky or not some in shit. the comics, but in the movies they're in Norway because Norse. I mean that would make sense, but you know, the the uh, okay, you're right. It is in it is in Norway. Damn, they made that shit seem a lot closer. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, because in, in the comics, it's in, like, Connecticut or some shit. Right. And, um, like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that the whole show is dumb, and I think that they can find a way. <laughs> it is. The whole show is fucking dumb. And I hope they can find a it's way a shame. to... I don't know if retconned it because, like, we don't know what the effect of the show is going to be. Because the, the, the show literally almost basically ends how it starts. Fury. Yeah, but not in like an interesting way. Not in an interesting way. No, it, it shakes things up, but in a way that's easily avoidable as opposed to what happened yeah. in um, Winter Soldier, where it has ramifications for the universe. Granted, could this have ramifications for the universe? Sure. But. You know, they're about to deal with multiverse and Kang and shit. So this can easily just be written off as like something that's not really relevant. Oh yeah, yeah. We we got a Loki trailer. Um yeah. I don't feel an inclination to talk much about it. It comes out in a couple it's months. Cool. It looks good. I liked it. Um it's a it's a really well edited trailer. Uh I think it's like the it, it legitimately looks very good and looks very interesting. I props to the people that did the the trailer for that. I like enjoyed the sound editing and stuff like that. Um do we want to talk about the other clone thing and then get into 
couple more meats and potatoes. Yes. Um, so the clone Tyrone finally came out okay. seven months later on Netflix. Uh, believe, believe we both because it was supposed to come out New Year's. Was it really? Uh, oh yeah. wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was following it for a while. I'm like, damn, this is a lot of people that I like. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a very good movie. Um, but goddamn, Boyega fucking kills it as Fontaine and Tyra and and everyone else. You know, I guess full spoilers, but it's it's a great movie. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's funny the way you this is like the year of black writers doing interesting weird shit because we have the blackening Mm -hmm. we have i'm a virgo which i do need your opinion on whenever you get this because that's a that's a watch um okay maybe we'll watch today uh i'm a virgo we got swarm is i'm a virgo weirder than sorry to bother you I don't think anything is weirder than sorry to bother you. It's weird, <laughs> but, but uh, no, it's, it's not. Um, all I'll say is that's one of the longest sex scenes I've ever fucking seen. What? Uh, like it keeps, it keeps cutting back to it. I'm not gonna give you context. You'll, you will have to see it because just like, okay. All right. But, um, it, that, that tv show needs like a dissertation several dissertations because it's it's a lot that happens for seven episodes that are only like 30 40 minutes um there's a lot of shit to like yeah it's like a super onion with the layers but yeah we have we have those and now we have uh they clone tyrone um it's we're having a little bit of a renaissance of like black creatives doing interesting narrative pieces um just about like race and, and existence you know I, I put swarm in in that listing too yep. in, in a way it's just like how like certain factors intersect from both like a intra and interracial perspective but overall um no i thought it's a, it's a strong cast it's it has an interesting twist to it um the the whole when you figure out who tyrone is i think that might have been one of the funniest sort of jokes of the movie yeah. it was like a joke but not a joke when it's like hey tyrone ain't that you i'm like oh god damn <laughs> whole time i'm sitting here i'm like, the fuck is tyrone? I'm like they, they call him fontaine who the fuck is tyrone <laughs> literally the very last scene of the movie the title makes sense you're like oh, okay yeah all right and, and getting erica badu to do a remix of they called uh I got to tell you, they clone Tyra. <laughs> Cloned him. <laughs> that was awesome. um, that was hilarious. No, nah, but it's 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 a good movie. Jamie Foxx is really good. Tayona Paris is great. Um, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought all the performers were good. Um, did you see that little interview that John Boyega did with him and Fontaine? I saw a little bit. God, damn, he's, he's so good. He's like unrecognizable as Fontaine. Mannerism was like great. it. It was weird. Yeah, like, this because like usually short. with yeah, like it was some Damson Idris. Like, have you seen Damson Idris? Any of Damson Idris's uh, Snowfall? I need to I've watch the show. the show. I've seen clips. I've, I've seen clips. It's like that, right? 
Because I'm like, I could, you couldn't tell me that Damson Idris wasn't from like East Atlanta. Right. And so, but like, the, people have been saying, they're like, look, if you need a new Kang, listen. I would not be I And I hate that I, we're not touching on any of the major stuff, mostly because that trial hasn't happened yet. We're still waiting for news. Um, there's some Lizzo bullshit going on, but I don't feel like talking about it. Um, <laughs> oh, right. But God, but when I heard that pitch, I'm like, now I can be a little weary about like recast, but if anyone could do Kang as a, Boy, your eagle would be the one. Eat it, bro. Munching, fucking. Oh, like so like I knew, I knew. I've always known he was good. Um, but there's a difference between like him doing a American accent and Star Wars. He he's definitely grown a lot as an actor. And I, I didn't see him in Detroit. I liked him in the Woman King. Actually, he's great in Woman King. I didn't see but, him in Breaking either. I need to. Yeah, I need. To, I need to see some of his other stuff. But him as Fontaine was like. He was a completely different person. Yeah, he um, that dude for real. There's, there's a couple like when we when we get into op and everything, talking about performances. Like I, I personally would not be opposed to him getting best actor nom for this. No, he he, he did great performance wise. I'm like as we're talking about it. I would have no, like, it was a more active thing when I was watching Oppenheimer, but in us discussing this, I am perfectly comfortable with Boyega getting an actor nom for this just because what he had to do is like, yeah, the, the premise of the script isn't lengthwise as demanding as like an Oppenheimer. It's not this big spectacle movie, but culturally, what he gets he fucking nails like like nuance add like nuance of performance attitude body language shit like that and to make it distinct between him somebody from uh because because tyrone was like southeast la wasn't yeah he? yeah yeah they didn't say specifically but you can tell it, but you can tell by the you know palm trees bad bitches right. and wannabes In like the that the and then the other he had the yeah, the cornrows and like the jersey yeah. and stuff. I was just like, they made an interesting distinction about like niggas in different regions based based off the attire. Right, and and they didn't specifically say where this was located in America, but it did give kind of like blend. Atlanta vibe. Um, I don't think it's a real. I think it's kind of a. It could be any hood. Okay. So it's just like, oh, the Glen. But my my initial thought was like Glenwood. Um. Yeah, they didn't specify, but it's weird because like, didn't specify, and I think that's part of the point. Did you also get the sense that this movie was like ambiguous with like what time period it yes. took place in? Yeah, it, it was. It was that it was as well. Cause like the cars and the radios and the TVs, but the tech too was like right. Like sometimes it was I'm ambiguous. like, I think they have cell phones, but I can't tell if it's like. I think I saw one person have a flip phone, but I couldn't tell if someone had a yeah, smartphone. Like I, yeah, like, yeah. The way the news radio was like, the news was laid out, it was like kind of old, like yeah, seventies like or eighties. But, but like, and by the end, you know, it's a worldwide phenomena, so it like seems sort of modern, but kind of not. Like it skirts it really well, where it's kind of it's very hard yeah. to tell. Um, oh no, it's, it's it's just 
pretty damn good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, I didn't have as many laugh out louds as I think people, other reviewers and people have kind of had with it. But I do wish more people were talking about it because it's a good, it's a very good movie. Um, so like, what's up? I'm trying to remember, like, were they they were trying to like gentrify America? Was that their whole thing, or like they're trying to slowly so, replace? Uh, they were with white people over so generations. So I think they were trying to find the, in a way, eliminate blackness to make this perfect American that has, uh, I guess the best way to say it is like, everybody want to be black, but don't nobody want to be black. So they're trying to make this like, you know how like the Kardashians have a tendency to appropriate things of black culture but still maintain right, yeah. the, the safety and veneer of whiteness. That is the type of American I think they were trying to create. And where they were struggling is they could make this, uh, this like, they could make a bunch of logics, but they'd all have afros. They couldn't figure out our hair texture, and that was where they struggled. And that's why, like, in the tubes, you could see it progress from, like, this really dark-skinned black guy to this really pale white guy. And they're trying to make this perfect American that's also, like, complacent, vaguely racially ambiguous enough that they're not white but there's something about them you know or it's like the hair is curly <laughs> but not too kinky the skin is like isn't pale but not too dark like so like right trying to find the golden yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to and and they want to you know take black people and turn them into these goldilocks negroes and by studying and creating these like fringe capsules of like clone cities, you know, they can study us, figure us out, keep us in like kind of a loop of just like, you know, how, how the system at bay controls a lot of communities to keep them in a perpetual negative feedback loop, which is how a lot of hoods be. The thing, the thing I didn't get was like, okay, how are some people freaked out about the fact that Fontaine's alive, but other people are not, you're talking about like the homeless not dude? about it. Like the homeless dude. Okay, so like Jamie Foxx's character, he's like, "I saw you die," and he was freaked out. I would out be too. Nigga, <laughs> you were dead. <laughs> right, but like the gangsters weren't were tripped out or anything by the fact that Fontaine was dead and nobody else was. And it was just like, no, I don't no, know. wait a second, you might be onto something because now that makes me wonder. Are there... I think there's some inconsistencies well, now, with the movie. Hold on, because given the theme of the movie, now you have to and, and they are gangsters. Now this isn't in the subtext. This is me being purely conspiracy brain. That's, there's a possibility that they are dead too and that those are clones meeting Fontaine again and all they have is the memories that they were given. Now, if it is the same dudes, then yes, that is a plot hole. Um, Because they, they definitely shot him. To, they blew him to smithereens. But, if, oh, yeah. but there's mm -hmm. also an equal possibility because when they were down there, they saw a lot of different clones of people they knew. Like there are a shit True. ton of clones yeah. of people they knew down there. So it's equally as possible that they got killed by somebody else because it's a tough neighborhood and these are their clones meeting another new clone. So they don't remember killing him. Could, but, yeah. If everything like kind of resets, yeah. I guess, in a way. My only how is I wonder how Tiana Tiana Paris. Uh, Tiana Paris. I can't remember her character's name. Was it Coco or was it some... God damn, I'm I'm forgetting. Just had it. I wonder, I wonder why she was the only one that wasn't a clone. 
I everybody. Know. She was pretty smart. Um, I did, did that's a good question. You're like, oh fuck, Jamie Foxx is a clone too. Yeah, her and Jamie Foxx. Oh no, Jamie Foxx did have a clone, didn't he? Yeah, because like he he stood still when they said like the that's the right. word, like the freeze word. And she, yeah, she was one of the god damn. She's so. I was just like, why didn't you just say the word again? Well, no, that's what, and that's what <laughs> I was thinking too. But then it came back around at the end. Yeah, but I was just like, you see all these clones breaking into the facility, just say the word. Just say it over the yeah. loudspeaker. And like, yo, yo, that was her name. I don't know. I, I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I, I appreciated its style and its humor. Yeah. But I think that some of the inconsistencies made it not work for me I, as well. I like the but style and the, I and the performances, and I like the – I quite like the climax. Um, I, I think it might lull a little bit near the middle i think that's also part of the point but it, it does kind of lull just a, a wee bit but the performances i think are it seems like they're having a lot of fun um overall it's like it's not the tightest script in the universe but i'm able to get it i'm able to pick up on it like i i can get the themes in this better than i can i'm a virgo only because i'm a virgo is so damn dense and, and once you mm. see it, you'll understand what I mean. Only because it's like, in that show, it's like, everything means something. Damn. But it's... Yeah, Bruce Willis really went in. Yeah, I mean, there's parts where <laughs> they just like... lay it on the glass. It's like, look, this is the message of the episode. Here. And that happens several times oh. where you just get a monologue about something. And I'm just like, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, but... No, I, I still quite enjoyed uh, they, they Clone Tyrone. I think it's good. I think it's worthy of a couple. Um, I, I think everyone should, should check it out, give it a chance. But uh, performance-wise, it's really good. It's really damn good. Yeah. Quick question. Did you ever see that movie Blind Spotting? No, I wanted to because the TV, the one with the V digs. Oh, I really oh, wanted Yeah, I, I've been meaning to see that. it. Because oh, um, I, heard, I heard good things from the movie and better things about the show. The two, yeah, I still have not seen the show. I want to so bad, but yeah, the two movies I need you to watch because I need your opinion on them are Blind Spotting and The Last Black Man. God damn it! <laughs> because I, you sent it to me. I have it. <laughs> I have the damn movie, and I just haven't sat down to finish it. I got like twenty minutes in, and then start doing other shit. It's not even a bad movie by any means. It's not boring. I'm just an asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, I here's the thing. I agree with you. It's just like, damn. Like, yeah, I do need to watch that. And I do need to watch Blind Spot. Those are points on the list. Um, actually, there is something that maybe I'll help have you help me with this. There's, uh, I'm working on while we get into the, the next topic, the strikes. Um, there's a short, mm. based off a short story by Derek Bell, who in his book, Faces the Bottom of the Well, called uh, uh, The Space Traders. And the premise is that aliens come to Earth and offer to exchange uh, like medicine and a bunch of medicine, a shit ton of gold and a bunch of other uh, resources to America in exchange for all of their black people and how yeah, that unfolds. <laughs> and I haven't read the story, but I got, I just got a copy of phase at the bottom of well on the PDF 
and I'm, I'm thinking about doing a video about it because it's in a it's in a anthology movie uh, called Cosmic Slop from the 90s. And, and I found Space Traders on YouTube. And yeah, it ended exactly how I thought it would. So this was written in the 90s, uh, the story? The story, I believe, is from the 80s. No, I think it is the early 90s. Uh, and then oh. the movie that adapted it is also from the later 90s, I, I think. Oh, okay. I've never, I haven't seen either. So I and I didn't hear on. about it uh, until uh, this past week, because it's just from a TikTok that like passed my, my feed. Um, but... Yeah, okay. uh, is it? 1992 is when Faces came out. And then Cosmic Slop, I think it was like 94, 95. So uh, Reginald Hudlin. But um, but yeah. Okay. So um, I guess the next thing to talk about, one of our bigger topics, and uh, it's it's been one that's been going on for a while and we really need to discuss it, uh, the strikes. So in the, to- in the last couple months, we have had Initially, the the WGA Writers Guild of America strike back in was it April? Something like that. It's been yeah. about three months. Um, and then was it two weeks ago? Two three weeks ago, I believe, was when the WGA. It was, it was definitely July. July. <laughs> July. Uh, the the SAG after strikes have also been going on. So basically, uh, Hollywood is a little dead at the moment. All of your favorite movies and franchises aren't working, except for like a select, like sixteen, got a pass from the the, the oh SAG God. Guild. A couple indie I, projects. It's a lot of A twenty four stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of A twenty four. I know Anne Hathaway's big. Paul right Rudd now. and Jenna Jenna Ortega are working on something too. Really? Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I think they're. I, so they stopped doing. I think they're both for A twenty four now. Doing that. But um, yeah. I mean. You know, as somebody that that also uh, acts at time at times, you know, and and loves writing and you know wants to dig a little bit more into uh, wants to take more opportunities to act into screenwriting things like that. Yeah, I support these strikes. Obviously, I do. The things they're asking for are not that astronomical, but we know why they're so resistant to give them. Um, it's so much yeah. bullshit. Oh my god. Uh, especially with the AI stuff, that's just gross on both fronts because it, it impacts both writers and actors. Because for writers, they're going to want to AI write the scripts and you're going to get a bunch of bullshit out of it. I'm not saying that it can't be decent to passable. The problem is AI, AI is built off an approximation of things that are already existing. That's what it ultimately boils down right. to. It doesn't have a heart or a soul to infuse into the, whatever. It doesn't have the heart. So it's gonna come it doesn't have the heart, the soul, the creativity, because it is merely an aggregate. It's throwing a bunch of adjacent shit in a blender. So you could have something that's actually not that bad, but you could but you're still gonna need script editors. You're still gonna you're not right. gonna be able to get a like we we're talking about they clone tyrone you could tell a fair amount of that was improv you're not gonna get mm-hmm. the same quality of that entertainment that can come about from the human experience or just people being on set especially if you have somebody adhering strictly to a script 
And what makes it also bad on the on the acting front is because they want to offer money to people that also want to break into the industry and be like even starting out background actors. But it's like, oh, we'll scan your face. We'll send you a couple thousand dollars and we get to use your face till the end of the time, which was also part of the plot. Both of these issues were major plots in uh, Joan is Awful, the first episode of the newest season of Black Mirror. So... Oh, still haven't seen it, but I know it has something to do with technology. So it, I I need you to at least watch that one, just because it dropped like a week and a half before all of this shit happened. And so mm. and, and when we got greater understanding of the demand, it's like, oh, Jesus, Charlie predicted it again. And he didn't even know because, you know, he shot and edited this like a year ago or so, at the least. Dude <laughs> can always tell when the writing's on the wall. Um you know, so Man. it's like at the latest, this was done like probably earlier this year. And the fact that it's so spot on to the future that could be created, and even the fact that Netflix is poking fun at itself on the show, it's when you watch it in Black Mirror before everything happens, it's like, oh, haha, that's funny. That's so silly. Who would, but it's also like warning about like what you sign away when you sign on into these like contracts with uh, for Netflix or Max or these streaming services like that just give away the rights to my face and things like that. But as a, as a performer, as a creative, like I fully support these strikes, but they're not asking for, let me see if I can pull up what the, uh, cause I want to get your opinion. On I will too. Okay. Yeah. I think that all the things are asking for are reasonable because the, the landscape of how media is consumed has changed so much in the last 10 years and it's been an entire history of mm. television and entertainment. So you have to create new rules and new agreements to accommodate these new changes, like residuals, for example, for the actors, right. uh, they were by the, the old system where like things were originally went on TV and then they were sold and like reruns. And because there were reruns, the, the actors would get residuals of that, but the, the nature of streaming doesn't exactly allow for those same rules to apply. So I think they need to accommodate for that change because one, it's not fair that they went from making like $2,000 plus dollars getting those checks to making like four cents. Sorry, I, I know you see me making a, I apologize for interrupting you. I want to let you continue. The reason I'm making a face is I was pulling up the uh, their various strike requests and I happened upon an article from Gizmodo that says SAG after's rejected contract demands seem beyond reasonable. And it's like, <laughs> I think I misread that. I thought it said beyond unreasonable. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, hmm. To, I'm sorry. Go ahead with what you were saying. I apologize. No, you're good. I um, I guess I was talking about how the rules need to change, but and something I didn't know before the strike stuff started happening is that Fran Drescher is the president of SAG. Yeah, after, I, I found that out from like Philip DeFranco. I'm just like, oh girl, how long has this been going on? Right. Exactly. And you know, I think the writers, as of recording this now, the writers about to renegotiate with the producers which is which i'm good which is good which i'm glad about because the the producers and the studios are about to pull some real fuckery like we're just gonna what do they say they're gonna like drown them out like oh, we're yeah, just gonna they, hold this out they, until they can't afford to pay their rent and 
in their houses anymore. I'm like, you nefarious like, Allegedly, it was Iger that said that, too. Super villain. We said allegedly, Iger said that? it was Iger that said that. and Because did you see the Ron Perlman video? <laughs> Where no, he's, yeah, he, uh, he made a not-so-vague threat to whoever made that comment. Um, oh. So I'm just like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the end of a pissed-off Ron Perlman either. Um, but right but yeah it's it's some bullshit um like the the writers aren't asking for much they're asking for like you said uh minimum compensation in all areas of media increased residuals appropriate tv series writing compensation from pre to post production increased contributions to pension and health plans strengthening professional standards and the overall protections for writers and a couple other things um which is not too crazy and then the actors um which about a couple of weeks ago they got a uh the amptp who i'm trying to see who that is uh, it's essentially the um the alliance of motion picture and television producers so they're the ones who they're having to kind of go up against um you can find the sag doc but just gonna try to breeze through it real quick uh 11% general wage, this is SAG after, 11% general wage increase in year one, 4% in year two, 4% in year three, without inflation adjusted year one. Da, 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 da. New media revenue sharing, wage invasion due to advanced payment of residuals, per diem, schedule, schedule breaks, uh, increased minimum, it's a lot of increase of minimum payments. Uh, oh, they also have things for singers, dancers, major role performers. God, and the AMPTP rejected a lot of this. Um, relocation allowance, time span. They also have things for wardrobe, fittings, looping, retakes, added scenes. They have basic respect and fairness for background actors. Um, casting and self-tape auditions, shit like that. Um, performers should not be required to pay for access to employment opportunities, nor provided preferential treatment in exchange for fees to a casting plan. Thank you. God damn it. Um, that That's one of their proposals, by the way. Uh they had some counters, self-tape auditions, establish minimum turnaround time for self-tape auditions, disclose of a, a limit number of pages for a first call. Yeah, so it's it's like a 12-page full doc of not only the proposals, but also the AMPTP counters. counters. Most of it got rejected as of July 13th. Because they, uh, they just don't want to give up the goose. Um, <laughs> like... I'm trying to remember who's it's it's just a sorry ass sight to see because like don't get me wrong like yeah i hate the fact that a lot of films i i, I consume and tv shows and things like that have had to halt production but i would rather them halt it be for the right reason and this is the right reason i think people need to be you know compensated and treated fairly um also this is just a minor 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 political aside there's something gone, going on with like the equal rights things going on with women and I, one of the amendments i'd have to dig into it one of our friends brought it to my attention there's a whole separate thing going on with one of the is it the 23rd amendment um this in relation to the strikes or something this is completely separate. separate it just has something to do with like uh uh equal rights for women i think is going up uh to the feds again that's a whole separate thing but yeah people should oh, people should support equal rights for everybody <laughs> but but that that only that that is the theme of this this part of the the conversation is just like no people need to be yeah everybody's striking like everyone's calling for what they deserve you know what they what they're entitled to what they yeah 
equal and, rights, rights that are that are long overdue. Yeah, because like this whole time, my unaware brain, because I'm not in any of those unions. Um, my get the average layman person's guess not only is that an actor would get a livable wage, but that they'd have pretty good residuals for like streaming or like I was on a flight recently watching John Wick three and four. You thinking they're getting paid for that? Now I know they probably aren't. But at the time, like before all of this, I probably would have guessed it's like, oh yeah, they'll probably get a little bit of kickback from the number of people that watch that. They don't. Writers that write on like streaming shows don't get the same residuals as like back in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands for writers and syndication. Um, I didn't even realize like the the impact that the 08, I think it was 08, was it 08? I think 2008 writer strike, I think, um, had on entertainment was a lot bigger than we kind of give it credit for. You remember that weird time where there was a shit ton of live action shows and also a lot of bad movies? Like there was a lot, not live action, there were a lot of reality shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that mm-hmm. was when Cartoon Network had a lot of those live action shows. There were reality shows too. That was because of the writer strike. Oh, I remember that. But wasn't the writer strike only like three months at that time? It was the longest like at the time. It was like a little, I think 112 days. It was a little under over 100 days. This one's so far longer, right? It's about to be, I think. And this is the first time the writers and actors have both gone on strike at the same time in 50, 60 years. It's some, it's some wild That's shit. A, and man, this would be the optimal i don't think they're gonna ever get another chance like this in hell vfx has got to unionize they've got to i i love spider verse they're getting they're getting dogs i love spider verse it's probably my favorite movie of the year although we'll probably talk about my second one later i'm excited to see ninja turtles but like visual effects cgi animators all of those they're not getting their proper due. That's why we're get like, remember how we would complain about the quality of like visual effects in She-Hulk or Times of Multiverse of Madness. And it's because like even the fact that Spider-Verse looks as good as it does and it was still rushed near the end of things is bonkers. Imagine if you just gave them time. Like VFX, you got to unionize. I don't know who needs to start what. I don't know who needs to shit kick. I know part of the issue is that a lot of vfx places are international so that's why they have a bit of a harder time they're not all domestic but if it's like ilm you know sony visuals things like that y'all gotta it's you're not gonna get a better chance i'm sorry you gotta hop on this like this is shit that's killing the industry for the better i would say because you need to properly compensate these people's time labor and effort like you just yeah like what they're asking for for an average person is not much and even if you look at the those at the top of the amptp like those boards of like viacom disney warner brothers uh you know comcast all that like they're making dumb money every year like 200 i i think it's eight of them I said unfathomable yes. amounts of money. Yeah, it's 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 just absolutely bonkers. 
And like you look at, it's not even the, I don't even think it's their net worth. It's how much they make in terms of salary. It's crazy, you know? And so it's like, I think in total to accomplish what the WGA requested in full outside of the AI thing, where it's just like, you just need to just like stop being cheap jerks. But um, like, I think in total, it'd be 50 million for all the riders in the WGA. To have like a relatively li- mm-hmm. livable wage, fifty million for everyone that's WGA certified to have like a relatively livable wage for like California, from across eight people that each make I think up to, at minimum one hundred to two hundred fifty million each. Uh, if it's like eight and you spit fifty million like eight ways, like four million each. Or not four million. God, my mouth is terrible on that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, fuck, man. Just gotta, just gotta figure it out. They really just gotta like get their shit together because it's just it's not right and it's not no. fair. And something, another side kind of thing that's been affecting things with this strike is the people in the YouTube space. Yeah, the kind the of creator space is having a weird... Because, yeah, SAG is, like, putting these, like, requests and, like, demands on creators. And, like, I have personal friends who are in the YouTube space right. who are really struggling and kind of panicking because they don't want to, like, overstep what SAG is trying to do, but they also need to, like, make money for themselves as well. Yeah. And they have people who are involved with their channels that are SAG, so they're trying to, like, find ways around that. Yeah, and I'm either talking about people in, like, the movie news space or people in, like, the movie reviewing space or, like, the reacting space. Yeah. Those those people are really having a tough time because, like, they stopped covering content altogether. Yeah. Like, Andre, Black Nerd, he's not really covering. Yeah. He hasn't touched the Ninja yeah. Turtles movie. And, like, people like Heroes Reforged aren't, aren't talking about movies, aren't talking about movie buffs um, solidarity um mr beast actually i found out t- today in the news he caught a stray because people thought he was and we'll, we'll talk about amel in a second they thought it was um scabbing because he has a role in the new ninja turtles and he go told people to go see it but so here, here's the thing um too some people are worried about like instances of scabbing and the thing is the the i think it was sag already said that if you have a pre-existing contract that was made prior to the strikes, then you are allowed to fulfill your obligation. So he had it. So because he's in the movie, he's allowed to do that paid promotion to fulfill that contract because it occurred before that. That is different than apparently what Stephen Amell said while I was at GalaxyCon and had no idea, and it's been blowing up all over the news about it about him condemning didn't all he say was that he does he doesn't support striking but he stands with his brothers or he stands with the people that, with his union uh, uh, I unless there's a, an elaborated version so i didn't it, hear it, uh, but from, it doesn't seem like so tight yeah, this is from, like i understand if you don't support it maybe you shouldn't say that in a public space and like this and because sorry go ahead no, and maybe you shouldn't say that in a public space for sure, but you know, I'm I'm sure that you under just because you understand something doesn't mean you have to agree with 
the way it's being done about. And I think people should be entitled to their opinions, even though they don't necessarily agree with what's happening. And granted, I, I'm I'm going based off of a small statement. Maybe there's like more to the story that I haven't heard yeah. about. But and so, yeah, maybe this is affecting him financially in a way that we we don't know because he has to because maybe some people are put in a position like they do want rights for all their people, but they're also in a place where like it maybe messes them up financially. I can't speak that yeah. to all actors, but it's like, and, and I can see what you mean is like trying to hold space for a little bit of nuance. Um, I'm pulling this up from Entertainment Weekly. Apparently, it was during his Q and A. So, um, a fan asked him about the strike. He took a moment to make a statement in opposition to it while still emphasizing his support for the guild as a whole. So, I support my union. I do, and I stand with them. I do not support striking. I don't. Let's see. I think that it is a reductive. I think that it is a reductive negotiating tactic, and I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. And I think that the thinking as it pertains to shows like the show that I'm on that premiered last night, I think it's myopic. Uh, myopic. What is? Sorry, not the word myopic, but what is that? And I under I I appreciate you trying to hold empathy and space for nuance. What would you want them to do? Would be my question. Like, yeah, do you ever do like what, what, what? I mean, if you they tried negotiating, it didn't work, right? So now you got to strike. I'm not saying I agree with no, no. I, I, I'm saying I, I'm, opinion. I think it was them to express on a public, platform. especially because like Galaxy. And I can tell you from multiple experiences, Galaxy Con is not small by any fucking means. It's a big con. Like, it's our entire convention center in Raleigh. So, like, it's nothing to, to snuff at. This is thousands of people. Like, his his line for him was packed fuck out every day. Like, hundreds of people waiting to meet this man. And so, my, my thing is, it's like, I support my union, but I don't support the strike. And I feel like, it, let me not misquote him here. So, him saying that, uh, I don't support striking. I think it's re a reductive negotiating tactic. What else can they do other than like, it, it, if you get paid to act, I think the most defiant thing you can do is to not act. Like, yeah. I, what, I don't know what an alter, which, and I think that's maybe where people are perplexed is like well what would you rather have them do other than because like they're open to it'd be different if sag after and wga is like no this is you know we're not open to negotiation they are but they have standards by which they want you know the them to be met and they're trying to you know find some room of amicability for what i would say is relatively reasonable in comparison to who they're asking it to because they're not asking it mm -hmm. to like the people that watch the shows. They're not like, please, America, if you just give me $30, you know, it's not a Patreon where it's like, we need donations. I mean, there, there are donations to the union that can help out people that are struggling financially, but it's not like, I'm not watching freaking big mouth. And at the end it's like, Oh, send us money so we can eat. No, these are like, the the AMPTP, these are the heads of all of the other ones. Heads of directors, SAG-AFTRA, 
WGA. So these are the like company heads. And I'm not saying CEOs and CFOs and, you know, things like that don't do anything, but they have all the cards. They get the final say as to what does and doesn't happen. There's a long history of a lot of Batgirl, best example, corporate interference because they said, ah, kill it. Just kill That's how yeah. powerful and swift it is. You don't have, yeah, fucking Thanos snapped that movie into dust and ashes. We're still talking about it because it was such a WTF moment of just like, oh my God, that's a lot of power. Where it's just like, oh, that's done. Let me right. just like snuff that movie out. Right, they filmed it. <laughs> right. We will may never see we it. We probably won't. Um, it's a shame, but it is what it is. But like, like I'm sorry, Stephen. I don't. What would you recommend that your brothers and sisters in in the union do? I don't. You know, and I get it. Like that's a question at a con, and it's on the spot and shit like that. So you're like on stage, but what what other solution is there other than like begging? Which would just be humiliating. Like, I don't. I yeah, they they tried negotiating. Now, yeah, what? like if it, all you can do is like this is the most civil thing you can do is protest. Like they're not they're not throwing bricks and wind. Do you want them to get violent? Is that the is that the solution? You want them to like break no. into Bob Iger's or David Zaslav's house or whoever runs Paramount? Like, no, they're trying to show a stand that this is important. You know. Yeah. And. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's there's nuance to it for sure because mm-hmm. Grant, yeah, the th- the thing is like, do these actors and do these writers need rights? Of course they do. Obviously, they need to be comp- properly compensated. They need to be treated fairly, and a lot. I can't speak to the degree of actors, but I have to imagine most actors don't want the their likeness and voice to be no. used. In the digital form, the only one I know of right now is uh, uh, Vader. James Earl Jones is, I think, the only one who's consented, and I think his family and him are supposed to get residuals should they use it. Um, yeah, I think the people, the other people I feel bad for are the people that aren't part of either union that jobs are on the line or on on hold because of the unions on strike. But imagine they're probably in, in solidarity with those people yeah. as well. I just kind of feel guilty for them. Like like the gaffers and the PAs and like, what if that's like, they're just like struggling. That's their main form of income, but like they're not there yet because the act, without the actors, there's no movies being made. Or not me, movies being made, they're not getting work. So then they can't pay their bills. But granted, the actors can't pay their bills either. So Right, because I mean, yeah. there are actors all across the, the spectrum of like knowledge. Like you have CW tv show mainstays and then like uh um you know who's old boy from from breaking bad uh breaking oh uh not jesse james what's his name no no not aaron paul the guy yeah yeah yeah. brian cranston like speaking out like the this is something that's gone from the smallest to the biggest names in the industry um especially for those Mm -hmm that dabble in both um like quinta brunson who's a writer and an actor so this hits her Mm. in double and this was before she was out there on the front lines like day two 
with her sign and everything because like not only is she like she's creator writer lead actress on her own show and so while um i'm sure she'll like she probably doesn't get like a double compensation for that even though that's double effort like not only do you have to write then you gotta perform what you write like that's no small if you've we've made youtube videos that's no small feat you gotta write the shit then you gotta do it (laughs) And then sometimes right. if you're editing, you gotta edit, edit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not an easy no. feat. So, nah, I just, I don't know what Stephen wants people to wants them to do, but I do. Even though I'm not in either of the unions for a myriad of reasons, um, mostly because I can't afford those dues, and I don't work enough to afford those dues. Um, are they like three thousand, four thousand dollars to I think get so, the sack? Like annually, um, which I mean, like a used car. You had to pay yeah. a used car to get all these. And I rights. think that's annually, and it's like on the surface that would not be the worst. But you also got to think about a lot of these actors are in Cali, and a fair amount are mm-hmm. in, in LA in particular. So it's like you got cost of living and your dues. So it's like you break that down month to month. It's a couple hundred, but that's still a couple hundred. Like, you know, I'm I'm working on some, um, something for my own personal career aspirations right now, as far as like my day-to-day shit. I had to drop 238. You think I was happy about that? No, bro. I was pissed. Of course not. I got to drop like, um, for like some certificates and shit. I got to drop another like 40, 50. I'm like, God damn, bro. Like, where is this money going? (laughs) Shit, I gotta see if I got a union. I think I do, actually. I just I'm not a part of it. But um I don't know, any any last words about this bit before we um hop over to the op the oppy way. To the Boppenheimer. I uh no, I think we've kinda yeah. said it all. I think we've we kinda made our positions pretty clear. You know, we support both strikes. Um, Stephen Mills should definitely probably clear up. Like, what you yeah, mean by that? He's just probably reflecting on it. Like, I get you're frustrated that uh, you can't promote your show, but you know, no one else can either. Like, it's not just you, bro. You're not the yeah. only one that can't promote things that are that are happening uh, with their career. You know, it, it's not only impacting you. I'm sure everyone else is also a little upset. But I'd be more upset if I'm not getting paid my dues for my effort. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about. Uh, okay, so uh, my, I guess as we get into Oppenheimer, did you do the 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 Barbenheimer at all, or did you? I didn't. Do, I didn't watch them both on the same day. I thought about it, but I after I saw Barbie, I was like, I know because I saw it after work. I saw it. Okay. I got up to work at three. I uh, saw Barbie at four and contemplated going to like an 8 p.m. showing, but I was like, nah, I gotta go work in the morning. I got, but I'm gonna fall asleep. So I ended up seeing it uh, on Saturday at like 10 30 in the morning because I really wanted to see it in the IMAX because I heard that's the way to see it. And it's crazy because apparently no one's like, you need to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX and there's only like Boy, two. Get the fuck in out of that bullshit. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> My friends, some 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 friends of mine, tried to book tickets mm-hmm. to see it in seventy millimeter, how Nolan intended, and this is just City Walk. 
these motherfuckers couldn't get tickets until the 15th of August. So in another two weeks. I can't weeks. say shit because like, so it dropped while I was, the, the Barbenheimer dropped while I was on vacation. So I had to see it the week after, which was last Sunday. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I was also, yeah. And so we, I guess we had a little bit of a, a inverted experience because you saw it across two different days um, at different times. My morning started at 10 a.m. My night ended at like seven. <laughs> I didn't go back to back. We had a couple hour gap. But I saw one at, we were at an AMC. Uh, that's where we said, so 10 a.m., you know, we're watching Oppenheimer. Uh, and then as we get into Barbie, we saw Barbie at, at the Alamo, uh, Alamo Draft House that we got here mm-hmm. at like 4.30. But, um, yeah, uh, Oppenheimer, it, what to say about this movie? Because, like, I, I went in honestly thinking I wasn't going to like it. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it real. Nolan have way more work to do than Greta Gerwig did in, in going into this. Um, you know, I was talking with with uh, one of our, I guess now mutual friends, Nina, about we were just talking about Nolan and everything, and just like he's. I think part of my issue with with Nolan, it's even something I've expressed to you, is like all his endings are like so dour, and like he has a very pretentious air to him. He's a little self, you know sanctimonious he's a little sanctimonious in terms of just like oh you you have to experience this movie this way it's like don't tell me how to fuck to watch my film bro like you know it's like or or just like gassing up the fact it's like oh i did this explosion entirely practical effects he's a big stickler for his practicals and again it's you know and it and production wise it is an accomplishment and i can't take that away from him uh all of that to, to so it's like my opinion of nolan as a personality versus as a director, I think are in different places. I think he is a genuine uh, auteur when it comes to his craft as a director. He has a very good eye for detail. Um, I do have some criticisms of this movie, but he's good at like in terms of picking talent, uh, utilizing visual effects, utilizing practical effects, uh, you know, keeping you engaged for the most part, like of the five, maybe six Nolan movies I've seen, um, you know, I can't say I've never, I've been bored by any of them. I've had criticism of them and I have like a, a handful here, but ultimately I came out very, very much liking the movie. I, I actually really, really enjoyed this film. That is to say, as we were driving back in, in the car, uh, my friend was like, oh, would you ever watch again? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> Uh, not it, and I was thinking about it again today. I'm like, okay, not for a long time. The I'm realizing for me, the quality of a movie it has partially to do with rewatchability because you know I'm not one to really rewatch movies off in, unless I really really like them. And so, Barbie is one I would definitely rewatch. This one, I I'm good for a long long while unless I'm like with friends. Right. It's not nice. It's- there's not exactly joy in. in no, <laughs> hell no, there isn't. Um, but again, it's like again, I don't, I don't want this to seem like I'm bashing the movie. I actually came out quite enjoying the movie. You know, I was engaged throughout. Um, Killian Murphy is fucking fantastic. If he doesn't get best actor nom mm-hmm. either, I would be astonished. I would legitimately be surprised. He does yeah. an incredible job. Uh, as well as the but the rest of this completely random ass cast, 
the cast is not bad. There's just a bunch of people in here where you're just like, what oh, the wow. hell are you doing here? Oh, God bless them. Right. Get your money. Hey, you know, working on a Nolan project, that's going to be on your resume forever. But, but again, we're going to go spoilers. Josh Peck. He had three lines. Josh Peck is in here. Matthew Modine hey, is in here. Is here. Rami Malek was in this um, bitch. <laughs> was like, your girl? Because she had a pretty decent role. Florence Pugh. I was like, so how? I'm like watching. I'm like, for no reason. The movie. I'm just squinting. Like, is that? Is that what David Dismalkian was in here? I'm just like, the fuck is? Right. Again, they're all good actors. They're used well. Casey Affleck was in here. Look, there are people in here that I didn't even know were in here. Who was? Who was a? Han Solo Jr. was in here. Right. He was. Um. Who played the president? Who played Truman? Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman was in fucking here. snuck his ass in, and I have I had no clue it was him. Right. People were like, "Oh, Gary Oldman was so good in the movie." I'm like, "Who the fuck was he?" It was like he was President Truman. I'm like, "No, he does it again." <laughs> I I recognize I recognize I, him. I was just like, "What the fuck was Gary Oldman doing?" I didn't, I didn't know it was him. But Oldman does it again. Puts on his little disguise, starts walking. A little <laughs> Get this sissy out of here. We don't need any weaklings in. I'm like, God damn. Right. I'm like, damn. Okay. Um, no, no. The act, Tell the, the really performances did. in this movie were phenomenal, top to bottom. Killian. Huey was in this shit. Yeah, he was. Right. Fucking Huey. <laughs> what? Every time somebody showed up, I'm like, I know you. What are you doing here? Josh Peck, I think, was just the biggest one. Because the whole time I'm like, is he going to say something? He's over here in the background, just like scribbling shit, just like, Nodding, scribbling shit down, and then he was the right. one that um, had to... What's his name? Benny, ah, the dude from uh, from Good Time. Benny, Benny, Benny Safri was in People here. really actually like Benny Softy as a he was Teller. He was good. Benny, was yes, good oh, yeah, Benny Softy was really good. Uh, Emily Blunt was great. Um, I never expected to see a Nolan film. With nudity, let, let alone Florence Pugh nudity, alone, and a lot of it. <laughs> the way the nudity was used. Here's the thing. The, this movie had, like, a couple funny moments, which is really odd, because Nolan's not known for, like, humor. Yeah, I mean, he has some funny moments in The Dark Knight. Sure. It's, they're very yeah, it's like And same, same thing here. There's a couple moments where it's like, oh, that's genuinely, like, it's, it's like, dry humor. And a couple things that are, like, not yeah. meant to be funny, like, um the the german scientist who was uh the, or the english scientist and he er, and he's like oh how long have you been british for he's like as long as hitler has said that i was Brit- that i wasn't german and i'm like that's a dark line but also yeah. kind of funny where it's like haha ooh, <laughs> yikes <laughs> um i don't know i was I, funny i was then, uh... relatively impressed with them introducing the fact that you know oppenheimer's a jewish man i feel like it's you know, not negligible. He's from fucking Germany. He was there. But, like, the, them including the impact of anti-Semitism on the race towards the bomb. Um, one thing that I, I like in terms of the... And, and I'm enjoying also the discourse about Oppenheimer. I haven't seen as much pushback in the final product than I, than I did to maybe the marketing. Maybe that was just me. But just because, like, I was definitely the person that was saying, because I'm like, Nolan has a lot of work to do to convince me that this is a worthwhile project because I'm not interested in, like, it. 
it seems relatively cut and dry of why would I want to watch the narrative about the guy that made the the atomic bomb? It doesn't seem like that interesting person. But mm -hmm. him is a there there is a very interesting more layered theme here about one ego and two uh the American government's continued disrespect and negligence towards scientific professionals that definitely touched on me as someone that is technically a chemist. It's a, it's a life that I left behind, but it is something that is technically a part of me. Um, so you still huh? cook? You said I still cook <laughs> in the kitchen, <laughs> not in the basement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pancakes oh, not that not that walter white <laughs> right but, no it's like there's there's like a, there's a really interesting narrative here about uh ego i thought robert downey jr was really really good at, he, he was fantastic actors he'd be a great supporting actor nom too he was great in this movie it's it's nice to see don't get me wrong i will always love him as tony stark it's nice when I get to see actors yeah. and other things that are all that have always been good mm -hmm. actors and get to like be good actors. Um, yeah, everyone was pretty much unrecognizable in this movie, aside from the actors that stood out as like bit parts, like Dane DeHaan being like one of the interviewers. I'm just like, where have you been? <laughs> where where have right. you been? We missed you. Like, what happened? <laughs> Dane, don't go away, please. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> where have you been? I'm surprised Leo didn't pop up in this. Right, but. Or uh, or what's his name? His other boy, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah, that's a surprise. Kenneth Branagh was in here. He was in here. Oh yeah, he was the teacher. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people. I didn't in this recognize thing. like half of it. There. There's so many fucking people in here. Yeah, Alden Aaron Reich. That's who it was. Tony Goldwyn. I was wondering why that. I was like, why does this white man look familiar? It's Tony Goldwyn. Stand up. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the cat. This yeah, ass list I, I is long a, as fuck. It is very Jesus long. Christ. Yeah, Jack very long. I think I have a similar opinion. Josh Peck. I think that I liked the movie a lot. I didn't love it though. I think for for myself, it was too long. I'll be real. I like. I was never like disengaged, but I feel like the beginning of the movie was like a little. I don't say disorienting is the right word. I just feel like it was just like giving you a lot of information really fast. And I was like, I wasn't, I was like, okay, what's happening? And by the end of the movie, I understood like, okay, okay, he's on trial and they're like, they're trying to screw over Oppenheimer. And then Oppenheimer is in this, like, in this individual trial too, while also like going through his young age. I thought like at first, like all of the, the, the bouncing was like a little much. We'll but talk. I really got tuned into the movie once he started the process of building the atomic bomb. Like he really right. entered the the state of trying to help America. And yeah, I, I liked the movie. I thought Killy Murphy was really good in the movie. I, and, and it was just, I don't know, this, the, the, I will say the sound design for the most part was really great. The way they, their usage of sound, like the thing, the scene that stands out, and I know they were, everyone's kind of talking about the scene, was Oppenheimer making his speech to uh, the people of the town. Oh, that after the fact, right. the, the bomb dropped. And like two scenes that stick out in my mind. One, that scene, and then everyone's cheering, but it's like Oppenheimer, you can tell, is like 
it's like eerie. It's like an eerie scene. Yeah, like, that was that was a lay motif. Kind of haunted by the fact, and then he sees that he he steps in like the the ashes of a person, and that scene was wild. Also, the the scene where they they put the bomb off for the first time, and you're fully expecting this loud explosion, but then it goes silent. And it's just white. It's white silent, and then the boom. And it happens like a like a minute, two minutes after. Because I'm I'm waiting for it. Because I know right. that um, because light travels faster than sound, so that's the whole phenomena going on there. So it's like you're gonna see it before you feel yeah. it and hear it, which makes sense. And I think that was very well uh, executed. But um, it was definitely a case of like I was I was waiting in anticipation less for the sight and more for the sound. Because I'm like, okay, the sound's gonna hit. When is it gonna? <laughs> it just like knocks you back. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, they did that very well. And yeah, like I said, I thought the, well, like you said, had said earlier, the performances are all really good. Even like, even the people that were in smaller roles kind of showed yeah. up. And I think the, their usage of, of the soundtrack for the most part worked extremely well. They made these, these scenes that were mostly talking feel epic, feel like they were like, feel like they were action scenes. The one scene that like, it works for me, but it's also like, a little silly in retrospect or like it's kind of funny is the the scene that sticks out of my head is when emily blunt at the end of the movie is kind of her turn to talk to the people on trial or on oppenheimer's private like little meeting and the music is like booming like it's this epic conversation that keeps like these quick cuts back and forth and it's like the movie the music's so loud you can almost not hear what the actors are saying to each other with this movie that's that's one of my criticisms of it is uh, despite, I love Ludwig Göransson. He's my favorite compo- film composer out today. He's also one of my favorite musical producers. It's not that he has a bad score. It's a, actually a very good score. And I think the way that it's incorporated, the problem is Nolan still has an issue with balancing the dialogue because everyone talks so small and so solemn and so close to the chest and so tightly serious with the enunciation of their words. And then you have like these drums or like these these strings and every like this brass overwhelming it. He, the sound balance is just off. So there were a couple times where I'm just like, it's hard to hear the dialogue without subtitles because they all talk very small and solemn and close to the chest and low to the in their timbre. And it's like it's not bad music. It's just not like Nolan. It it lays under the track until you need it to go over the track for a thematic effect like you said with the uh the uh scene of him being like celebrated and giving the speech uh i have it so it's like that was one issue and then i have two others um the editing for like the first third is disjointed as fuck and it took me way too long to understand the intention of like the color grading thing once i got it i'm like oh that's really cool but it jumps between like four different timelines with two perspectives, which is very jittery. And I don't think it needed to. I think it really could have been just predominantly effective if it were given how fast the movie goes. Um, it would have been predominantly effective for it to be a little bit more chronological. Cause that was the best part was the core middle of like Oppenheimer building up to Los Alamos and, getting there and building the bomb and the complexity of building the bomb and him having to go back and forth. And then like in that you can sprinkle in the, uh, 
the renegotiation of his security clearance as like an overarching thread. But then you have that with that, and then you have Strauss's whole plot line, and then Strauss's flashbacks, like smushed in between that. Yeah. So it's like, the, that's my second thing is like how it's edited is like fast, but choppy, then smooth. And then my third issue is this is a two hour and 20 minute movie with a 40 minute epilogue where it just completely changes tone and and relatively changes focus because of that choppiness at the beginning where you're where it goes from it's Oppenheimer versus the US now it's Strauss versus Oppenheimer and all the bullshit going on behind the scenes only for Strauss to learn it's like well maybe you're not as important as you think you are so it's like it works all in the big theme of ego but this movie did not necessitate the three hours i am glad it has as many details as it does this needs like one more edit passover from somebody that's not nolan i think the thing for me i, I know everybody's loving this movie and the reason why i didn't love it and i, just I liked really it, liked I can appreciate it but the acting. <laughs> right I can, yeah. I can appreciate the acting i can appreciate the the sound design i think for me Personally, I'm someone who's drawn to intimate and character uh, psychological dives. And I felt like there's so much just on the surface that we, we touched, oh, but not really dope into. For Oppenheimer, yeah. Like, you, I, granted, I know like the whole point was like you wanted to be like morally ambiguous. Like, you understood his side of like wanting to being not fully on board with what he was doing after the fact, but like, I wanted to know more about his views on communism. I wanted to right. know why he was cheating on his <laughs> That's know... really interesting shit. Especially the, uh... Right. You're just dropping the second half. Oh yeah, he was cheating with another girl too. Like, what? Yeah, it's like, 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 it was, because wasn't it, didn't he have a wife and two kids before he had Florence Pugh? Before the other wife? <laughs> Yeah, there's just all these details that were going what? by. Like, and this, this, that's the thing. Oh, go ahead, the, go ahead. The only thing I can think about an event. I feel like Nolan likes to make event yeah. movies over character movies. He likes to make event movies with big ensembles that have characters sure. in them. Sometimes that's debatable because what the I don't know what the fuck the protagonist was in the last I, Nolan. I was gonna say. Than, <laughs> so you didn't like it as much as Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did because like there was character stuff in there for sure. Like it just wasn't as as deep because it was mostly about the plot and his yeah. relationship to to the project itself. Yeah. Whereas we're gonna get into it a little later, I guess. But yeah. Barbie, that was very much a character focus, yeah, which made me resonate. I'm thinking more. about Nick's text that he sent us, where he's like, "Oppenheimer is the best movie in Tenet." I'm like, "That's not a hard bard." <laughs> And I enjoyed Tenet, but then, but I'll never forget. What was it? A couple weeks ago, or it blurred? You're like, when's the last time you hear somebody talk about Tenet? I'm like, just now, as you asked me about it. <laughs> I heard people talk about this shit in years since it came out. But no, I I, can, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think the yeah, because there's a lot of it. Like, it did make me more interested in the legacy of Oppenheimer, but there's like a bunch of shit 
that just kind of happened in the background or that's like stated it's just like yeah you know he left his wife and kids back in germany it's like what first of all i didn't know physicists were getting pussy like that i'm sorry like I guess this must have been the season of, of life where scientists were actually highly respected and regarded by the public and the government. I don't know what changed, but he was like fucking fucking. Um, right, and, like three different women. Right, as, like he was, a, he was a whole hoe and not a regular hoe. Right. Like a home wrecker. You know? And just like, oh, the, the scene that got me that I was a <laughs> like... It was unintentionally funny, but was just uh, Florence Pugh and Killian Murphy have that butterball ass post-sex conversation with their legs crossed. I'm like, all right, Nolan's is like Nolan's doing something different here. I've never seen him do some avant-garde bullshit Bruh, like that. And then the scene when they were in the the renegotiation with the board, and like he was naked in the chair talking to, and I get it. It's like you know visual storytelling language of like, oh, he feels naked, but then it shifts to his wife's perspective, and she feels judged as he's talking about his mistress, and just like sees Florence Pugh fucking him in the chair in front of the room, and I'm like, this isn't supposed to be funny, but this is one of the most interesting things Nolan has done filmmaking wise in like years yeah. beyond. Like... <laughs> Can we talk about the explosion? I guess. Yeah. First, I want to say yeah, before yeah, you yeah. get to that, the I saw a meme the other day. It was just like when you're supposed to be somewhere. You say you, you said you're on your way, but an, but like an hour and fifty seven minutes later, it's a picture of Alma Hyper naked in the chair. <laughs> no, it'd be like that. Real. <laughs> He's sitting there just like dick in the wind. Like that was the that was the wild shit. It's just like him ass ass on the leather balls on the leather right. yeah just feet. like feet crossed like sipping tea just like we need to talk about our affair you know it's like we need to we need to we need to have a discussion about our our engagement team we can and then oh the wild shit when he cried over his mistress because she killed herself quote unquote i think she right. got murdered killed yeah. herself Oh yeah, didn't they show like, like a glove, glove like, like, like Oh yeah, the communist suicide. Got I gotcha, America. Um, <laughs> but he's like, oh my god, my bitch is dead. Oh, and his wife has to come out on a horseback. <laughs> like, you better get your shit together. We got some kids to raise. Right? <laughs> like, she grabbed him by the scruff of his neck. You got a bomb to bake, <laughs> and I got kids to feed. If you don't get your shit together, like. If you if you don't get your shit together and get your raggedy pale ass crying about a dead bitch in the forest, like if you wanted it so bad, you should have stayed. You should have stayed in New York, bitch. But you know what? You hear me, and you drag me to this hoe with a kid that I didn't want. So you better get it together, nigga. Right. <laughs> you better, get your shit together. better knock that better shit cut off. That shit out. You gotta start crying for giving you something like, to cry about. Like she was really about to fuck him up. Cause like <laughs> that's the same energy as correcting your girl for getting the other woman's clothes off. Like, first of all, her name is Samantha. <laughs> like, bitch, you got a whole lot of He's having a mental not and again, not over the bomb that's about to decimate two cities in Japan. Uh but my side piece is dead. 
Oh no. <laughs> and your wife has to come out and be like, get your fucking together. That should Right. What do you when your wife come to to wipe to knock you out That's of your shit? Dial. Baby, you come to come for me? No, I told you to be a get your fucking like, shit together. Oppenheimer. Sure, he was probably a little complex, but that's some diabolical behavior to cheat on like every woman you were with, including the side bitch, um, and then go on to make one crazy. of the most. But also, but also, not only did he cheat with the side chick, he stole another nigga's wife. He did. You're right. <laughs> he did. He cheated with one chick and stole another one in the process. This man was a whole menace. This man it was a gave villain. gave away one of his babies. Right. Which was his wild. Wife, his wife was crying. And instead of being like, oh, how can I be here for you? How can I help take some of the stress off of you? I know you do a lot as a stay-at-home mom. He said, he went to his neighbor and said, hey, look, bro. Can you hold this baby for like five years? Like, just a little bit. This shit's gonna be his best for like everybody. Right. <laughs> it's like, look, man, I just want to teach some kids. My wife been crying. Can you please hold on to this baby and just pretend he's yours? And they're like, oh, say no more, Robert. What? Say no more? Nah, say more, bitch. <laughs> I'll be right. damned if like, I drive to your house in the middle of the bitch nigga night and <laughs> come with a baby said, right. you want this baby, bro? Y'all ain't doing shit. You got time. Like, I'm a college professor, possibly working on the atomic bomb. My wife is an alcoholic. Just take this bit. It's what's best for everyone. Bitch, what about me right. and my time? <laughs> what about <It's> like, you? <laughs> people just I'm look at you and say, than... what about you? <laughs> what about you? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you the pussy getting physicist? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. Now, excuse me while I go cheat on my wife. She was crying. He's putting the Adam and these cheats. <laughs> it's like you getting these yams. Yeah, it's like apparently this motherfucker wasn't only dropping off in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He was dropping off mad loads in his wife too, and his side pieces. God damn! One thing about him, he was fuck pieces plural. Um, that is something also that I wanted to mention too. While we're, I guess, closing out a little bit on the Oppenheimer. Um, as someone that has had the experience of being in, in Hiroshima firsthand, it was a little surreal watching this narrative from the other side of things. Like if, if you ever have a chance to go to Japan and you can visit the Museum of Hiroshima and even see the the dome that got caught in the blast because it's still a large chunk of the part of it uh, fell inward and imploded. Um, it's a fascinating historical place. I, I went there when I was like a kid, when I was 17. And so the thing that has kind of stuck with me is seeing uh, what he stepped in, the ash shadows, which is like when the heat moves so fast, it literally reduces the bodies to ash. So there are a couple uh, curated pieces of history where you where you can see like steps of the ash left from the bodies. Um, so it's a surreal thing to have seen it in real life and then seeing like the 
upbringing, the the buildup to that, it was kind of weird from both ends. I know some people's criticisms is that they don't show the impact on Japan from that. And I'm curious about if that would have improved it if you sacrificed the narrative, the theme and the narrative that comes with the exploration of Strauss for a greater exploration into Oppenheimer's kind of back and forth because what I did, did like, and, and maybe is a room for expansion, but it was something that I really enjoyed um, is with him. Ooh, he was relative, like he was apprehensive, but still on board to make the bomb. Cause it's like, if someone's going to do it, I'd rather I do it, that I am kind of the, the figurehead and instrument of, of this destruction. Although ultimately, like Truman pointed out, they're not going to blame Oppenheimer. They're going to blame the president because he's the one that has to co-sign to be the one, that, which is true. But yeah, nobody talks about fucking Truman though. Everyone talks about Oppenheimer when they when yeah. the bomb. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's given to, uh, either way, it's like everyone, I'd say broadly talks about, oh, America dropped the bomb. But in reality, it's like, it's yeah, Truman uh, and Oppenheimer, like the big instruments and then the other generals and scientists. But what I liked is building up to it and during the development and everything you see you know and even after the first testing and it goes off well um and it's a success and they starting to cart the bombs up and everything and people are excited and i see it from two two perspectives as a scientist who's also under contract from the government you are relieved um, and they do this very well with the visual storytelling you are relieved that your effort is not for nothing, that you have done this yeah. research, you've done this scientific exploration, you've conducted these tests and experiments, and they go off without a hitch. You have achieved a nexus point in scientific history that will forever change like physics and theoretical. You have now changed the trajectory of science um, for the rest of history. And that's undeniable for what Oppenheimer and all those additional scientists have done. Then once you get the cheering done, you're like, yes, I did this amazing feat that will change the course of scientific history. The asterisk comes in and then the dread follow suit of, I have done this in pursuit of creating the most dangerous weapon known to mankind. I have revolutionized yeah. science in pursuit of death, in pursuit of destruction, in pursuit of a weapon. And, and that, now, I, fast forward all these years later, and the nuclear weapons are thousands times more powerful than they were back in the 1940s. Yeah. So you, so we would not be here today nuclearly without Oppenheimer, which it's like you have become one of the great it's a monkey's paw you've become one of the greatest scientists in the history of mankind your legacy won't be forgotten for what you've done in the realm of physics specifically because you made a doom weapon that functionally reset a country right he has become yeah. the <laughs> destroyer of world exactly <laughs> um i like his delivery on that because like out of context it can be a very corny line but it's like how they weave it into the narrative and then use it the two times they do. They don't oversaturate it. He only says it twice. Um, he says it once and then it's yeah. echoed at the end. And I think it's well used. And like even the ending with Einstein um, was built up well. But yeah, it's like I have 
my criticisms of the movie. And, and it's like you said, I really, really like it. I can't my, see myself seeing it again anytime soon, but I do have like some critiques of, I think what could take it to being a great movie. I'm not too, there are some minor things that could have been addressed, but this is kind of an overall Nolan issue of just like the lack of the discussion of the impact of your leading white character's behavior on the people of color in particular that historically have context of this. So it's like, like there were black and brown, there are black people in his class when he was a teacher. So I thought that was an interesting addition, but it's like, you know, like the scientists and more. Where were they in um, the movie? Where were the black They were in, in his movie? science class, but I don't, uh, that he was teaching. There was a black girl and a black guy that I noticed in the background. They didn't really have oh. lines, but I think the bigger ones are the natives that the government took the land from and refused to give it back as they are known to do. <laughs> it's like, what can we do? Well, we can give the land back to the natives. Well, what if we need it for another bomb? It's like, I'm like, you, you bitches. But why would yeah, like, well, he made up some <laughs> bullshit excuse? Like, well, what if we need to do another test? Well, I mean, we're going to, we're going to need that. Don't give it back. There's some bullshit reasons. Like, but the, I think the bigger ones were the natives from the land that they stole and didn't give back. And the Japanese who were li the literal, like, I usually use in certain contexts, use the word survivor in place of the word victim as a tool of like clarity and whatnot. No, no, they were the victims <laughs> of, that, of that bombing. <laughs> now, say what you will about the ethical and moral debate of the use of the bomb. You cannot deny the facts <laughs> that there were the victims of that shit. If Hiroshima didn't happen, like their next plan was like the bomb for San Francisco or something like that. Oh, was it? For, for the, I, I think, that. yeah, I could be wrong. I could be a little shitting, but I, I heard that recently. Huh. Like the Japanese are gonna bomb San Francisco? Oh no, yeah. that would be after scared. after imagine if they took out that bridge. after Pearl Harbor, yeah. Yeah, because Pearl Harbor happened and then uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened. But I heard if that didn't happen, their next target was was that San Francisco. That wouldn't be the bigger surprise in the world, only because up to that point, the the to my understanding, the Japanese were pretty gnarly in terms of their war conquest. Like, what was it, the eighteen hundreds they almost took over China? Was it really? really? I, I just know, I know historically Japan fucked China up for a little bit until we hit them with those two reset buttons. Um, we bombed three ships. They dropped the sun on us twice, which is the most concise description of Pearl Harbor and the, the bombing I've ever heard. But uh, no, overall, it's a very good movie. It's probably going to last longer as far as one of Nolan's longer movies. I'm certain they're going to do some extended cut, some Snyder cut, four and a half hour epic of everything that wasn't in the movie. I'm just like, I might watch it then, but good God, it doesn't need to be three hours. There's, there's right. a. I also don't think it is Nolan's magnum opus, like people keep saying. I have to go back and watch his other movies to compare. I know Tenet's not up there. I've never seen, I've never seen Dunkirk before. Oh, he did do Dunkirk. Yeah, I guess I guess yeah. Dunkirk, Interstellar, Memento, Prestige, like I, I Interstellar was good. I've only seen it the one time, but I remember. Yeah, it's like good. I got I got plenty of, of other uh, things of his to watch. But honestly, yeah, uh, Insomnia didn't even know about that. So I got I got a fair amount of that. I completely forgot Dunkirk happened. <laughs> it came oh, I did went. see Inception. I saw most Why of Inception. I liked Inception. Um, 
I don't know, maybe maybe that's a, a series we'll do someday is just like going through his fucking movies. Um Jesus. Uh, yeah, he uh, he does have a yeah. <laughs> Skip right past Man of Steel because that's only a writing and production credit. It doesn't count. Has to be things he's directed. Right. But um ooh. But yeah, uh, do we want to move on to our final topic? Yes. The delightful yes. topic. Uh, uh, the cherry on top, the pink cherry yes. on top of this conversation. Yes. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, Barbie. Um, Barbie was so good. Barbie was great. Let me not mince words. Barbie was, was great. great. Was great. I loved Barbie. Bar- I was excited for Barbie, honestly, like when the trailer dropped, which, first of all, phenomenal trailer for what is literally the opening of the movie i'm like that's how you you fucking do it right no i thought the same thing let's go right let's go that was it was was great great. oh man i'll I'll let you go off and then i'll Um, go off (laughs) i don't know where to start or where to begin i think this is like i guess the second experience i've had with the with the greta gerwig product um, I'm trying to think what else I, I've. You know what? Actually, can I go off for a second? Can I speak the truth? All right. So I walked into Barbie, mm-hmm. not really knowing what to expect. I was just like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a fun little Greta Gerwig movie. You know, like it's going to be quirky. It's going to be weird. And then as the movie, because I remember, I think I watched one trailer and I was just, I'm, I'm in a point in my life where I'm like, I only need one trailer. I don't, sometimes I don't even finish the trailer. I'm just like, I see enough to get me intrigued. Like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to see any more marketing. I did it with Barbie. I did it with Oppenheimer and I did it with Ninja Turtles. And so far the experience of doing that has not let me down. So I watched Barbie expecting this fun movie. And all of a sudden Barbie dropped this line. Has anybody ever thought about what it means to die? I'm like, Wait, a <laughs> <minute>. <laughs> Wait a damn minute. <laughs> so then it turns from this quirky, like everything's perfect kind of meta movie to talking about like, the realness of like what it means to be human a woman's experience in the world is relation in relation to what it's like to be in the barbie's world talks about manhood in relation to to women and it talks about you know self-identity and what it means to be alive and like all of these 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 important themes and they really shook me it really surprised me that this this movie about this mattel toy turned out to be so powerful and so poignant while also being hilarious with ryan gosling and the other characters but having so much heart and having so much genuine commentary about the world and what it's like to be a woman within Mm -hmm. this world and the way that they i think the thing that resonated was the way that they handled men and I know we're probably going to get into this in a larger conversation, but I just want to say that for lack of a of, of better term, at the beginning of the movie, Ken's existence was solely to worship and yep. Barbie. In he was literally terms, objectified. Ken, oh. <laughs> he was objectified. No, no, say what you said again. Oh, I don't too. know if the mic caught it. Say it again. Ken, Ken yes. was a simp, essentially. And the whole movie, or half of the movie, it's about him wanting to do this to win Barbie's affection, get Barbie's attention. And then he goes to the real world and his whole purpose prior to that was to get Barbie's attention. 
and to please Barbie, but then he discovers a sense of of joy in the sense that what he perceives to be masculinity. Right. He finds something in the face of the rejection of Barbie's attention, but in an effort to win Barbie's right. affection. And at the end, it becomes this thing about him not needing to be something in relation to Barbie, but yet finding his own identity outside of of Barbie and discovering what it means to be mm-hmm. him. And I feel like a lot of young guys kind of fall into that trap because they want that want that love, they want that affection from the opposite sex. And because they've had negative experiences with women, or like they feel like they've never gotten the attention they deserved, or they feel like they've been rejected, or they've been put in the friend zone or whatever. I feel like they go to these these negative influences of what it means to be a man in order to find fulfillment and to acquire what they believe to be masculinity in the efforts of getting the female gaze or female attention and but it's coming from a treacherous place and granted the the barbie movie does it in a more tongue-in-cheek way but it's essentially the same thing and i thought it was they they handled it very well about the ident- the the feeling of overcoming or seeing through the the guise of toxic masculinity to get to finding a sense of self that is independent of the desire or approval of the opposite sex. Give give me one second to grab some real quick, but go off. Ah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought that part really was was kind of wild, and the fact that. You know, I'm I'm still unpacking certain parts of the movie, but I loved even the whole relationship with what Barbies mean and what they're supposed to represent, their original intention versus how they've kind of been bastardized and viewed in the modern world. And they really they didn't, they didn't dive too much into mm-hmm. that aspect, but they touched on it, how like Barbie is this false representative for like beauty yep. standards and like women like they failed to live up to the standard of what it means to be a Barbie, even though it, their intention wasn't to demoralize women, but to, to raise them up to, to maximize the fantasy or the, to, ma- to maximize and, and capitalize on the potential of the limitless possibilities of what a woman can be within the, right. within the world. And I thought it was interesting that it even touched on that to begin with, because you know, Barbie's traditionally been something for children, right? right? And I know that there's been X amount of animated Barbie movies, and I'm sure they've kind of stayed within the realm the of Barbie-verse. being a child's property. Barbie version, yeah, the Barbie verse. And they they shot the movie didn't have to do no. any of that. All it had to do was be a fun, entertaining Barbie movie, and it decided to to rise above and be more, which. If you can't give a movie credit or recognize that, that that baffles me. And, and so what? Maybe they're like, I feel like a lot of dudes kind of like heard the word patriarchy and they kind of like tuned Absolutely. out. Like, and like, ben, like ben went listening. Media mode. literacy about this movie was so bad it was almost comedic. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch his his video. It was gonna make me mad. I, I, I watched somebody <laughs> like, yeah, reacting to his video, so that's the only reason I know. Okay, but yeah, I feel like a lot of dudes were like like tuned out to the, because I knew walking out of them like, oh, there's gonna be a lot of motherfuckers that hate this movie, one hundred and ten percent. 
or like think it's dumb or like or like oversimplify it because they're just like they hear a certain point of view and then they, they turn it into white noise and then overgeneralize it because they couldn't they couldn't digest what was actually being said and actually open up yeah. their ears whether it be through feeling personally attacked whether it be through lack of emotional intelligence Shit, whatever but i had a feeling that understanding that. the concept because the movie's super empathetic to men like i don't think a lot of people are tagging on or even giving enough attention to that like um yeah like to, just to start I, I love this movie i love its production i love it very much from like a feminist perspective too like and when i saw the trailer before that when i saw that it was margot robbie and greta gerwig was directing i'm like oh this is going to be like an existential feminist piece i knew that from like trailer one i wasn't expecting to be like fun bubbly simple movie no i'm like this shit is gonna have some layers i wasn't expecting the way that it went about it because the movie is not only a critique of patriarchal systems it is also a critique of uh both second and third wave feminism and the ways that they've come to blows with one another so it, in and of itself mm. because barbie is a product more of like if I recall, she's from what the forties and fifties. So that would have been like, uh, some of that, so that would have yeah. been around like the second wave, you know, versus now we're in mm -hmm. like late third, probably more like fourth wave. And that's where you have like the differences of the generation. Cause you have Barbie, you have uh, America Ferreira's character, and then you have her daughter. And so like our generation is probably closer to like America Ferreira's type. It was like, we remember ads for Barbie. And I have friends that played with Barbie as a kid, but like the generation behind us, like Gen Z and Gen Alpha, they probably don't play with Barbie like that. And they're a lot more aware of the systems at bay that have created either uh, what's called paradoxes or complications for like women. Like we've seen the issue in the fight for like reproductive rights, even the shit that I touched on earlier about um, was I, I want to say it's like the Equal Rights Act or something like that. Um, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment is what it is. And that that's the thing I was trying to refer to earlier. But no, it's like Barbie and Barbie Land. It's funny because it has dual roles. They're dual points. Like Barbie Land is functionally a matriarchy which is how some very small fringe groups of people do see their feminism where it's like it's it's female superiority that is the matriarchy where it is like the women rule the women have most of the jobs a lot of the guys are eye candy a lot of the guys function is without use you are in you know you're uh, you're an object you're objectified so that in and of itself as a structure is also a like weird mirrored reflection of our world where it's the opposite, where a lot of the men are in charge and maintain power. Now, granted, the Barbie land is a much, much, much more simplistic, less nuanced things. There's no issues with like race. There are noted issues of gender, but functionally there's no biological sex. It's basically the same day with the same people. It's a weird utopian dystopia where it's like things are perfect, unless you've been to other places where it's like yeah things are perfect because they're the same they've always been the same 
no one's causing harm, but there is no progression. And so, like, right. the Kens are not exactly second-class citizens, but they're not exactly, like, regarded as much. It's like, hi, Ken, hi, Ken. They're not homes, bro. They're <laughs> you said they're hoes? What are the Kens <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, but they're, you know, they're accent points. They're just Ken. Versus you have President Barbie. Um, you know, you have Midge, the discontinued pregnant Barbie. You have, you know, astronaut Barbie. You have astrophysics Barbie. You got teacher Barbie. You got doctor Barbie. You got nurse Barbie. All the Barbies have their occupations. And then there's the Kens that are Ken. And then Alan, who is Ken's buddy. Um, and so... And all his clothes fit. Right, right all of his clothes fit. Um, and so it's like that's that in and of itself is commentary of just like, oh, there are women that are treated as accessories on the other side of things while all the men get to gallivant with the big jobs and you saw they had to have a whole revolution for there to be even like even at the end where it's like oh can we get full equal voting rights it's like let's slow down you know it's like can we get rights in in the supreme court it's like let's relax on that you'll um we'll give you a, a spot in the lower courts it's like and that's a good first step it's like yikes um because i'm pretty sure that right. you know it probably took a while for real. Yeah, it had yeah. probably because it's like that's the parallel you dumb fucks <laughs> you know that's why when ken comes to our world and it's like wow dudes get to do because you ken thought all ken thought patriarchy was it's not getting into the uh issues it's not getting into hundred and years of of systemic oppression on multiple fronts it's not getting into intersectionality it's dudes get to do cool shit hang out and have horses it was yeah. a super unnuanced yeah. take for the point of it being fucking funny because it is even he said when i found out patriarchy wasn't about horses i kind of got disinterested yeah all he wanted was a chance to just like do some shit that he wanted to do and it, and that that gets to another thing that like people don't give attention to um, and this is maybe me looking at, at as someone that who does try to advocate for the rights of women, but also tries to make sure that there is attention given to men because that's a big issue is that like men's issues aren't, you know, addressed either. Neither issues are addressed in very different ways. And and that's, you know, an important thing to, to denote. A lot of men lose their identity if they do not feel as if they have a purpose. And that was Ken's whole arc yeah. <laughs> is that, his entire identity was being in relation to Barbie, the same way where a lot of men define themselves either by their occupation or their relationship to their partners. Even if they're in the position of like being the provider and like whatnot, it'll be like, what are you? It's like, oh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, you know, I'm a technician. It's like all those things are in service of other people. <laughs> it's it's not, you yeah. know, I, I, you know, I'm a lover. I care. I have interests and passions and dreams and goals. It's I do this for this person. I do this for this person. And I do this for these people. So you, you defined mm -hmm. yourself to, you've objectify yourself into a series of occupations. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. why it's meaningful. At, it's a series of yeah, roles. You, a series of roles. And if you don't have that, and that's the thing with Kenny's like, I don't know who I am without being in relation to Barbie. 
That's why when other people try to take over my spot, I'm going to feel away because who am I if I'm not that? If Barbie's gone, the fuck is Ken going to do? You know? Yeah. And that that's right. why I love not only what it does with the Kens, but also what it does with the Barbies where she's like, you know what? You know, and that's like that second wave versus fourth wave because you have like this little girl who's like, you're a fascist. You know, you're you're a negative representation. You give like women poor beauty standards when like at the time I understand as an uh as an idea and throughout even what she says she's like you know i don't want to be a concept anymore i want to be a human like i want to live versus you know i want to exist versus be something that people look up to and that's a, a fair point especially with her specifically being stereotype barbie like she's the benchmark of mm -hmm. all bar like the first barbie and so i like that because there was a time and i don't think it's really disqualified even from now where that was a thing that little girls needed to be like, you can be a doctor, you can be an astronaut, you can be the president, who gives a shit? You can be a suffragette, you can be a cook, and all that is dope. And I think like women should have things that they aspire to. And as the world got more nuanced, you know, I think people historically took the wrong lesson from Barbie, where it was a simple thing. It's like, this is a toy that looks like a person and it's like it's supposed to be aspirational it's like hey doesn't matter you know it's it's traditional feminism of like hey you know what the girls can do anything the boys can do and it's like yeah mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a pretty simple sweet message then things got more complex as they do our understanding of gender got more nuanced dynamics got different women actually did come into more power and they got a little different in terms of how you look at it, women got viewed by society in a different way. We got more nuanced takes. We had greater conversation about like sex, sexuality, gender, things like that. And so you have this peak epitome of like second wave feminism, just like, oh, I'm an, I'm an image, I'm a concept, I'm an idea versus a much more radical modern take of just like, you know, you know, you, you at a time were an object of aspiration. Now by modern standards, you are an object, you are an object of objectification. You are a non-nuanced, you are too simple for an incredibly complex world and you won't fit and you will obviously clash. And we're going to critique you for it. Now, I think the thing is that little girl is not supposed to be like a hero. She's a dick. <laughs> and there are some kids that are dicks. Is she wrong? Sort yes and no. But we have greater experience with Barbie and we're going to have a little bit more empathy because it's like she doesn't fucking know that, you know, she's unintentionally like reinforcing potentially harmful or hegemonic beauty standards. And it's not like Barbie's going around on some Lizzo shit, fat shaming and like calling people ugly. Right. No, she was nice and polite the whole shit to all the other brown Barbies, to pregnant Midge, you know, to... The only one they were a little wonky to was Crazy Barbie. And at the end, they apologized because she has a character. But it's like, it's, oh, God, it's so fucking good. And I think even there was some subtle shit in there because they don't have enough time to dig into intersectionality. Um, I think whether it was intended, this is a movie about white feminism for a white feminist to realize that white feminism isn't the most because and i think america ferrera is kind of the middle ground of that because you know hey it's interesting that the brown woman the latina mom you know 
who falls into an intersection of being like a you know female and a woman and also a person of color is the one that breaks the cycle of people's kind of fascination into a simpler version of like the hypnosis or the appeal of patriarchy where it's like because that's historically you know it was a lot of black and brown people doing the sh the work behind the scenes that's not taking away from white women that fought for women's rights but if you look at even like the suffragettes you know you got the suffragettes and then the black suffragettes you know it's like you know all those black and brown women that fought for like queer rights <laughs> civil rights they've always been there and they're usually the ones that have to shake white women out of the system and and like other women too so you got like even Issa Rae is president barbie so it's like it's usually black and brown women shaking other what mostly white people to be like hey the system's rigged against you it's not going to help you you're still going to exist as a paradox like you have to be nice mm -hmm. but not too nice you have to be stern but not bossy you know you have to be likable but uh, otherwise you know you can't be too likable or people might think you're sexually attractive and if you don't show interest then they might try to kill you like things like that and it's like yeah that's some hot harsh shit. so it's like all yeah. the and you know and kind of wake up say, oh man shit you know it's not saying that being a woman is impossible but as a woman um there's like just as much as as a man there's a lot of nuance to it and sometimes you can kind of lose yeah. yourself in what the world tells you you're supposed to be versus you being allowed to be that and you know you get told that you're a barbie the whole time you know where it's just like you know life is plastic it's fantastic things are simple <laughs> But versus being a human where you have to go to the gynecologist and make sure your vaginal health. I think that's actually kind of, it's a hilarious joke for the ending. It's kind of dark. Uh, not in like um, a myopic or like an Oppenheimer way of just like, oh no, what have I done? It's dark on a personal way where it's like, oh honey, you have sprouted a vagina that means you probably have a uterus and ovaries. That means you have to enter the world of vaginal health, which is it. That means it's like, congratulations, Barbie. You now get periods. Fuck. You might want to go back while you're right. ahead. Because that shit is. You now get periods and you now yeah. get pregnant. And now you can get yeah, it's like It's, and it's have not health. only that. You have to deal with the impacts that estrogen has on your body. Fuck. You will get like cramps, bleeding ph imbalances um yeast infections the you know, pap smears iud's holy fuck like 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 that's why i think that yeah. joke is funny but also like kind of dark where it's like ha ha oh honey you don't even know what's about to go down you know like <laughs> like you know they don't use anesthetic for iud's like internal ones no they just really? kind of stick a needle and shoot in that hoe uh, I enjoy oh, being dude. a male-bodied man because, oh, fuck, we got away easy, bro. <laughs> I, I would rather shit. fight the patriarchy from the inside, bro, than the outside. I'm sorry. I Like, <laughs> being a Ken is rough. I'd rather be a Ken than a Barbie in this world, man. Because, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, no, they go through it. Women definitely go through it. Do not envy no, them at all. I respect them. I don't envy them. Yeah. Well. Amen to that. I don't know. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, the Ken takeover was funny. That was mad funny. 
Yeah, the Ken Takeover was funny. Oh, the and dance was good. The song was good too. The songs were good. The dance was good. The the, the soundtrack was fire. The Billie Eilish song was really sad. Yeah. Which I mean, it's Billie Eilish. What did we expect? Lizzo songs are funny. I like the Lizzo songs. I really like the opening. It has a strong opening. I think it's interesting because this movie. Ah, hold on. Let me see when the other one came out. Because I've seen so many movies this year, I can't remember the other one came out this year. Because this is like the more poignant version. Oh no, that was last year. It was. Whoa, don't worry, darling. Oh, you did see that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like this more poignant version of like what they tried to do of like having a dystopian society and like it's set in this time period with all this fake stuff and men not being men kind of being um about the patriarchy and like men's desires yeah. and stuff in relation to granted, like this is more nuanced than that, but which is a them being in the World. You wouldn't expect to say last year. Barbie's more nuanced than Don't Worry, Darling. Right. Okay, that came out September of last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was great. I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving it a second watch, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Um it does a lot for being like just under two hours. It's it's good. I mean, if I had to like nitpick, uh Will Farrell doesn't do much. I mean, he's funny while he's there. He's funny. I didn't. Hey, I didn't no, mind I didn't, their I inclusion. Mind. I, I thought. Um, I was like, "What are the odds that he plays like the business guy in both this?" I was and gonna the say Lego it's like he's, he's like the same villain that he was in the the Lego movie, basically. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, man, I think we, I think we did it. I think we killed it. As far as this conversation goes, we both love it. We both definitely recommend yeah. it. We both liked it more than Oppenheimer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, oh yeah, no, Oppenheimer is really good, but Barbie, Barbie, but Barbie. Oh, I think we could talk a whole other hour about Barbie. God damn, there's a lot of Barbies and Kens. Gloria, that was America Ferrera's character's name. And then, mm, Gloria, but uh, now now my brain is going through the uh, the I'm just Ken. I'm just Ken. Um. Um, okay, so the old lady Anne Roth is an American costume designer. Five time mm, okay. Academy Award nominee. And she won twice for the English Patient and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I was wondering who that old lady was in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, Ruth was her name Ruth. So I, yeah, the lady who. So I know who Ruth was because I knew the just by coincidence some stuff had passed my feed. So I knew that Ruth was the creator of Barbie because I what um I know Rhea Pol- Oh, that was Rhea Perlman. Okay, so I recognized her. Um, did you see Matilda? That's the movie. Yeah, that's Matilda? the mom. The, no. the movie. That's the mom from the movie of Matilda, not the musical, which I still need to see. But that's the mom from the movie version of Matilda with um. Damn, that's another one that was there. Uh, the girl that played Matilda. She's also very small. Hmm. So it was a Steve. I know Blue's that book. the one the one who did um, the movie we were talking about the other day. Um, pretty, not Pretty Little Liars. Um, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. She was Midge, the, the lady who directed that movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was Midge. Yeah, she played. She oh. played Midge. Huh. Yeah, no, this this has a this has yeah, a right? lot of familiar faces in it. Oh shit, Met Narrative was in this? They both have a stash cast. God damn this. Was there any 
with the, with as big as both of these casts were, was there any crossover? Was there anybody that was in both Barbie and Oppenheimer? I don't think so. I don't especially because so. like Barbie was way more diverse than Oppenheimer was. Uh, right, which is one of those sentences that just kind of happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, because most of the cameos in Oppenheimer were white. Yeah, dudes. white dudes yeah. and white women, and Barbie. Honestly, I don't think it's actually a majority white cast. One, two. Also, the crazy part is this one Barbie movie had like three cast members from the show Sex Ed. Yeah, it was like uh, Nkuti Gatwa. Who else? Uh, was it Sharon um, Rooney? The chick who was up for Lois Lane. Uh-huh. And Adam. Um, the, 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 the black dude's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Ed. Kingsley Benadir was in here too from Secret Invasion. Is what is one of the yeah. he was basketball cam. Um also are you caught up on no, sex ed? I'm incredibly behind. My partner's mad at me that I'm but look it's a long show, bro. Every episode's an hour. I need the time. It's three seasons. It's the, you got time before they drop season four, whenever Isn't that is. Isn't that happens. the last season? It might be because because um homeboy's about to be yeah. the doctor. Um, I need to catch up on Doctor Who too. I got bloody British shows. Same. What are they dropping that special? The next Doctor special, I think, right. it's supposed to be in a couple months, isn't it? Um, I, I'm behind on on Who by like several seasons, so I, I got to make myself catch up. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Do, do we have any other praise for Barbie? Like great soundtrack, great uh. Costume design, great production design, dope acting. Everybody's mm -hmm. great. Margot fucking kills it. Um, Michael Sarah was fun. was fun with this. He had a funny line. It was like, as soon as they learn how to stop like, stop laying those bricks vertically and lay them horizontally, we're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> no, I I, so I really liked Barbie, and I like a lot of what it says about patriarchy versus feminism and how feminism can kind of eat itself um mm -hmm. and even how it's resolved it's like it's not a hundred percent solution which i think is even there yeah yeah it's i it, right because it's not it's not solved in right. the real world so how, how's this movement right yeah. and i think the other thing too is i think some people wanted it to be a little more like Fun, kid no, friendly. well, yeah. The, on, I on the right they want it to be more fun and kid friendly. I think on the left they want it to be a little bit more uh, intersectional. And I'm like, it is. This is a movie for white women that think they have feminism figured out. This is a white woman commenting on white feminism. It's not a white woman trying to create intersectional feminism. That's what I took of it. Mm. So this isn't a white woman doing bell hooks. This is a white woman doing white feminism where it's like, hey, it's not enough to just do the surface level shit that you do. And you also got to check up on your boys. Like, I'm, I'm glad that Barbie and Ken yeah. were able to settle things amicably, too. <laughs> Even his little tantrum at the end. Just, oh, <laughs> he just ran into them. Ryan Gosling right. was really fucking good in this movie. They're, he was they're, great. They're both he's great. Boys. He stole every scene he Yeah, was they in. were, no, nah, they were both really good. 
the the genitals. I'm remembering like more and more of the movie. It's very funny. <laughs> I, I went pretend that they're the costumes. It would like go into full like flat and show the name of the the costume. Yeah, they, that they there's had. that. Um, that like good. this movie, I'm not even gonna lie. The marketing in this movie fucking worked because when I walked out, I'm like, I could buy a Barbie or a Ken. Right. My first, my first thing when I walked with my friend is like, I want a shirt that says I am Kanaf. All, yeah, all my same. boys is like, we are Kanaf, <laughs> men. Remember this. You are Kanaf. You're, you're yep. important. Yep. You are loved. You are Kanaf. Yeah, I'd wear a hoodie that says I yeah. am Kanaf. Like, that hoodie was kind of fly. I don't even hold you. That right? is some dope shit to rock in the wintertime. Pull up with the I am Kanaf hoodie. Like a boxer just... Yeah, you already know the vibe. Now I now understand, right? I now understand all of Ryan Gosling's hype. He's just like, it's about the Kennergy. Like I really translated a whole my lot Kennergy. of gang like, shit, bro. Like, he was spitting cold facts. I'm like gang shit. Yeah, no, it's like it's it's a very empathetic movie to men, and I don't think people got it as much as I wish people would discuss it because it like it it says a lot, and it's very like it. Yeah, there's stuff about here about patriarchy, but like. It takes the piss out of patriarchy for men and women. Because it's fucking, like, it's so, like, it's not something that you could fight outwardly. So what can you do but kind of laugh? It's, it's like, if yeah. your takeaway is, like, patriarchy is guys get to drink beer and horses. And I'm like, I mean, it's, it's not not that. Um, you know, I, I guess that's <laughs> the other side, too, is, like, the the responsibility that comes from the person in the position of power, like, the other Barbies, while they were hypnotized, they also said they were relaxed. They're like, I haven't relaxed like this and ever. And it's like, yeah, that's with the pressure for men to constantly be in a position of power. There is a drain that happens when your your labor is like for everyone else, where everyone relies on you. You don't mm-hmm. get a break. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, are you, you know, yes, you're hypnotized into being a maid. It's a little weird, but other than that, it's like, oh, I finally get a break to like do some other shit than like physics all the time. It doesn't mean that you don't love what you do, but we all need a break. We both took vacations. Like sometimes you need to not be an idea and you can't be, you're a person, you're complex. So no, Barbie is probably my second favorite movie of the year. Um, I'm thinking it's. Likewise, I think we, I think we did it. I think we yeah. covered it all. I think that's good. A uh, little, we're in a little bit over, but I think we're all right. Um, I don't know. Anything else uh, about Barbie, or should we close it out? I think we can close it out. I think we. Can all right. Uh, yeah, that has been the show. If you would like to leave us a question, leave it with the hashtag Ask Ace. I'll probably drop it. Q&A on the Spotify. But don't forget to like the show, share the show with your friends, uh, turn on notifications, rate the show five stars, thumbs up, all that jazz. Again, don't forget to like the show, share the show, rate the show five stars, share it with your friends. Don't forget to leave a question with the hashtag AskAce. Uh, Aaron, where can the people find you at, bro? You can find me at the real Aaron Alexander on Instagram, and you can find me at AaronAlexander64 on TikTok. You can also find me guest starring on the real rejects youtube channel i'm going to start being on there a lot more we just dropped a video uh that was the alice eve special of invincible Ooh. that's a lot of fun you should definitely we'll have to talk out. about that and we in the future that was good. yeah 
We should. We should. We definitely should. And uh, another reaction for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 version is coming out soon. So look out for that. Yeah, and if you're looking for me, you can find me on my own uh, Instagram at Will the Greatest. You can find me on TikTok at Will dot the Greatest, and we also have the podcast on Official Ace Podcast. I believe is the current Instagram handle, so that's where you can find us at. Um, oh yeah, my and my YouTube is also Will the Greatest. Um, I got I might have another video cooking up. Hopefully, I got a couple ideas swirling around of what I can do. I got a couple things I got to redo, but I've just been I've been very busy. August is going to be a a big month for me for my professional life. Uh, trying to get the ball rolling Ooh. on some hopefully fruitful things for my non media, non pop culture career. But we'll see how things go. Putting some auditions out for stuff. So yeah. But in the meantime, that's been us, and we will see you guys next time. Oh, my God.